the televerse. Let's let them show. We've got the classier type of bed bug species between our new burlap sheets. We got a custom made pipe that dumps our feces on one of the nicer streets. And when there's something amiss inside our breeches, a barber applies his baddest leeches. We're part of the upper lower class now. Sickly, you're all so chic. Our glass is awful. We own a glass now. We bake once a week. Well, bake, so to speak. And as our station in life keeps growing stronger, we're growing in more ways too. I think my tapeworm is like a whole foot longer. By now I might have a few. And though our breath and our teeth may still be rotten, together just look how far we've gotten. Baby, we made it. Totally slated. Why would we trade it? This is as good as it goes. Welcome to the Televerse. This is Kate Kalsik, joined as ever by Noel Kirkpatrick. Noel, it's our best of the year list. 2016 best of the year, which usually these end of the year podcasts are super duper fun for me because, you know, more people can listen. We get way more listeners to the end of the year podcast just because people are less worried about spoilers and sure. catching up with stuff. Um, and we get to kind of just celebrate the whole year's TV, which is a lot of fun. We're going to do a lot more of that next week. But this year... The reason I'm so excited for it is that it is your unofficial one-year anniversary. As Your official one-year anniversary as my co-host is in a couple weeks, the first one of, of next year, of 2017. But unofficially, this is it. How exciting yeah. is that? It's very exciting. I mean, uh, I, I alluded to it um, a couple weeks ago when we did Thankful for TV stuff. Um, but no, this is very exciting. I'm, I'm very glad that you've put up with me for a year. I was going to say, you didn't leave yet, so that's that's pretty great. I'll, I'll work harder next year to be to difficult and offensive. Yes, I'm sure Look, I can find we all, a way. We all know you want Emily Stevens. Just just admit it in your what? heart. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, like, I think I just need to be harassing you more about the Americans. Maybe it's what it is? Possibly, but no, that won't do it. You'll have to find something I really dislike. Well, that's the thing. You have just... good taste um, yeah. for the Americans. Yeah. So, like... Well, I appreciate the Americans. I just don't like it. There's a huge difference. <laughs> More on that later in the podcast. Spoiler alert. Um, so, listeners, we have here our top 20 of 2016, which means calendar year. Uh, so that can make for some interesting conversations, which I'm sure we will have about, like, the first half of this season, and this, but the last half of the previous season counts and all of that. Um, yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> now, before uh, we dive in with our top 20, Noel, let's let's go through any – are there any any shows that you just didn't have the time to catch up with that you wanted, like, I'm, I wish I could have caught up with this, or I really don't care that I didn't catch up with that? Um, I'm actually feeling really good about that this year in that there were a lot of I've, – I've, I was really good about prioritizing stuff that came out this year that I wanted to watch, and I did. So I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I'm like behind on things like pitch and the exorcist, 
And I feel like Pitch may have been able to, for something to sneak in, maybe, possibly. Um, but I can't think of anything else really off the top of my head that I just went, oh, I regret doing, not getting to that. What about you? Were there things that you regretted not getting to? Yes. And it's the big glaring one that's been just staring at me on my DVR half the year. And that's Roots. Uh, I never did finish the Roots miniseries, the new one or the original one, which is sort of what slowed me down. I really liked what I did see, mm -hmm. uh, which was the first part. <laughs> the first episode of, of the miniseries uh, from this year, but that is one that I just did not get to. Ones that I did not get to that I don't care that I didn't get to is most of Black Mirror. Um, the second half of BoJack Horseman this season, I'm sure that I it was really high on my list last year. Everybody right. seems to love it. I'm sure if I finally do get to it, I will probably really like it, but I didn't care that I was behind on it despite having it in my top 10 last year. Um, I don't feel bad about that. I don't feel bad about not getting to Gilmore Girls. Because I, if I watch the musical number from that with Sutton Foster and Christian Burrell and I'm like, eh. I mean, that's sad. That means that there's a disconnect between me and Gilmore Girls. I'm not saying it's my fault. I'm not saying it's their fault. I'm just saying I don't care that I didn't catch up with it. Do you mm -hmm. have any like that? No. No. I, I'm just really good about staying on top of things this year. <laughs> And I say that, but like when I did my, when I pulled up my spreadsheet to look at this, I mean, like half the shows in it aren't categorized in any mm -hmm. way, shape or form by like the tier ranking system I have. Yeah. And I just went, oh, I really fell down on this after I moved. I just stopped paying attention to it. So when I opened it up back in November, I just went, oh, well, I'm just going to pick some shows then. I know <laughs> what the top five or seven look like. The rest can just kind of fill in. It'll be fine. It's kind of how this list forms. <laughs> yeah. Well, I had a, um, I, as I do every year, I do my best to get, a, like, write down all of the shows that I watched enough of to feel like I can make a judgment about. So if I just sure. watched the premiere and it was terrible, and I don't make a judgment on that. Um, but but once where I watched most of the season, or enough that I feel like I have a representative sample, I can consider it in where everything falls. So I get sure. that massive list, which is getting a lot harder, because websites are no longer holding on to, like, keeping their old posts of how, of, like, the entire year's premieres. It's actually getting more challenging to do that. Um, then I went through and shows that I liked, uh, and that called the list, and then shows that uh, I really liked, or shows that I loved, and then shows that I can't leave off. Mm -hmm. And I went from, I was at about like a list of 28 that I really liked, um, and then when I went to can't leave off, there were 10. Mm -hmm. And so then it was negotiated. That was those ended up being the top ten because those are the ones that I felt most viscerally strongest about. Um, and then it was a matter of what, where's that eleven through twenty going to be, and what's the order for all that? There were a handful of ones that were really hard to keep off the list. I also really thought about where is this a show that I I really liked the season or the years TV or were there just a handful of really terrific episodes. Which, again, why something like Black Mirror, most people that I talked to love Sanjay DiPero and didn't really care about the rest of the season. Mm -hmm. That's why I didn't make an effort to watch the rest. Because if, if it was just like one or two really great episodes and the rest was just kind of solid, then for me personally, it didn't end up on my list. Um, yeah. And, and the rest of it was just like ranking. I very well may pull an audible while we're talking here and change the order. And nobody will know <laughs> except for me. Um, but it, most of it was just very guttural and like visceral and like what are the tv watching experiences and shows that meant the most to me over the course of the year that when i think back on the year 
it's not always it's not necessarily the best shows but it's the shows that were the most meaningful i guess in the context of our of this year of how i watched them of any of that stuff um yeah and i'm guessing it's probably similar for you did you go like through a point system or did you like just go with your gut um well for my spreadsheet it's like a long list of shows and then i have like notes for like best episodes or something and then there's a tier system so there's like a lower tier middle tier then there's an upper upper middle tier and then there's an upper tier Mm -hmm. um so that things get ranked because i like that fine line between really good and good yeah and to like kind of make sure i can weed things out and that's how like i just keep track of things and then when it just comes to making the list i'm looking at it and while you were talking about like can't leave off or have the most visceral reaction to type of stuff like my top 12 is basically that Mm -hmm. and then everything else was just like i really liked these other seven 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 that 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 makes 21 i (laughs) can't do math i'm really tired okay um the other eight shows um are just the other seven eight shows are things that i either really like but i couldn't i could shuffle the order and basically be fine with the exception of like the last two i feel like are pretty solid in their spot but then everything else i could just shuffle around and i wouldn't be okay with and i could still do that with a couple of things towards the top mm-hmm. mainly because i don't care about ranking things that much um <laughs> in like a set order um but i'm i'm pretty happy with this list this list i think was actually oddly easier to put together than last year's was um and i didn't have any of that uh I saw you tweeted about like some of the compromises and things that you dropped off um, as you were like forming the list and two of your shows, like I said, are online. So they're covered, but I didn't have (laughs) any of that. um, I didn't have any of that kind of tug of like, do I want this on here or do I not want this on here? And I think there was only, there was really only one show that was uh, one Mississippi um, Mm -hmm. was it? That was like, I went back and forth on it and I almost just combined with another show of a similar, like, not quite a similar tone and everything, but still takes place in the South and just kind of combine them together. Um, But I didn't do that. I didn't combine anything, um, which I was very proud of because I almost went, well, I can combine both of the OJ things this year and be really lazy, but I didn't do I didn't do that. I actually didn't put one of the OJ things on here. So. Oh. Yeah. There we go. Well, with with no further ado, Noel, kick things off for us. What is your number 20 show? Uh, my number 20 is a show that I love dearly and is very deeply funny and had terrific storylines about gay relationships and uh, interpersonal relationships and also included more songs from Daddy's Boy. And that's Unbreakable Timmy Schmidt. Um, was this on yours? No, it's not on mine, but okay. we will be talking about it a bit more next week with our various right. musical numbers. And, and uh, Listeners will be hearing some music from Kimmy Schmidt either this week or next, because, yeah, that was certainly a highlight. <laughs> right. So, no, this was this was my number 20 um, without, and like I said, I felt very confident in that being right here is like a way to kick things off. Uh, what about you? What was your number 20 this year? My number 20 is Supergirl. and Well, then we can just kind of skip to my 19 because that's okay. Supergirl. Yeah. <laughs> well, how about that? Yeah, I was looking at Supergirl and, and I was looking at my different shows and it was just, we talked about this in the podcast. Supergirl is a show that every week pretty much brought me joy. Yes. In some way. And, um, and, and also, I think, 
you know, the, the shakiest part of the run so far has been the beginning of the first season. The start of this calendar year is when we started having some of their stronger episodes. We had the Red Kryptonite episode. We had the uh, Black Mariah, wait, Orchid or Mariah, what is that one called? The Black alt- Mariah. Black Mariah episode. Um, so we had some of the, the stronger episodes from season one um, this calendar year, as well as what has been a pretty solid start of their second season this year. Um, we had the Flash crossover this year on Supergirl. And yes, it has its problems. Yes, it's not always the best written. Yes, it doesn't know how to use a lot of its talented cast. But every week when it's on my DVR, it's one of the first things I go to. And I'm just so happy. This will be a bit of a theme in my list and my picks that there is a show on TV right now that is unabashedly pro-immigrant, pro-inclusion, pro-hope, and people want to do the right thing. I don't always necessarily agree with that philosophy right now, but I'm very glad that there is a show espousing it. And so, yes, is it technically the best show, one of the top 20 shows? I don't think so. No, not in American TV. But it's one of the ones that I enjoyed the most that brought me the most happiness and uh, intellectual and creative and entertainment uh, fulfillment this year. So for me, it's it's in my top 20. Right. Well, while you were talking about the calendar year type stuff, like in my in my list, I just have in parentheses winter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, to for to denote that while I kind of like some of those later season one episodes is basically just been this first half of season two that's on my list I'm just kind of going it was it, the back half of season one was fine it was okay mm-hmm. they were kind of figuring themselves out and then once they like we've said once they moved to the CW with a bullet they just figured themselves out and found some legs and found a really good voice and so, yes, absolutely. My number 19 is Supergirl, hands down, like, joy and cosign everything else you just said about it. So now that we've discussed my number 19, what's your number 19? My number 19, I have a feeling I'm going to get a hard time from a lot of people about mm-hmm. it being this low. Uh, and I assume we'll be talking about it a bit later. But my number 19 is Jane the Virgin. Not on my list. I didn't not have an issue list. not having it on here, actually. I didn't even consider putting it. Like, I just went, nah, it's good. But tell me why you feel like you should be getting flack for having it at number 19. Jane the Virgin is a show that I think its strengths are strengths that are easy to overlook and to mm-hmm. underappreciate or undervalue. And so that is why um, I really struggled so somewhat with where it was. I knew I, it would was not top 10 for me this year. It wasn't top 10 for me last year. Um, but I knew that um, when it really hits for me, it's really, uh, there's nothing else like it on TV. And I've loved it since the premiere, since the very first episode, the pilot of the show. I've been on board with Jane the Virgin. Um, again, it's the same idea as with Supergirl of, of optimism and goodness. The idea that a good inherently someone who would be described as kind can be an interesting and uh fully developed and and rounded character can be the heart of a a show and that's interesting and that's worthy of attention is something that i think needs to be repeated to a lot of 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 tv uh content creators and and critics um however the reason it's so low on the list for me this year um and was a little bit lower last year is that i i feel like it's the things that that really make it great um, are things that it is less focused on right now. 
So uh, I would love the balancing of tones that it does, and it can be really, really funny and really powerful. Um, for me, I haven't had as strong of a reaction. It hasn't been as much of a I must watch this episode. It's been more of a, oh, yeah, that's right. I, there's a Jane. Okay, I can watch that. Um, and so while I still adore Jane and the relationships between the women on the show, uh, I still think it's so much fun, all the ridiculousness with Petra <laughs> being petrified and these different things. Um, for me, when the show becomes too much on about the plot, which I think is something that happened this calendar year, it's less impactful. So um, I still really love it, but I was, if it didn't sneak onto my list, it wasn't going to pain me as much as some of these other shows, which is why it's lower on the list. And I know for some of the friends of the show and certainly some of our listeners, it's one of their favorite shows of the calendar year. Absolutely. 100%. So I expect to get some flack. I'm like, bring it on. I'm happy to hear it. Uh, do you have any thoughts on why it didn't make your, your top, top 20? It didn't even cross my mind, which I think part of it is speaks to um, the sort of the stealthy nature of the show is that I just kind of didn't even consider like when I was going through things to go, oh, yeah, that should be on the list. And I'm looking at it and I'm still like I could maybe take off one of the shows that I'm, we're about to discuss and slot Jane in and I would be OK with that. But I'm still really happy with the list. And the fact that Jane didn't even, wasn't even like on the long short list, I think is kind of telling for, I just didn't go there for some reason. And I don't have an explanation as to why. It just didn't happen. Which yeah. I feel bad about, but I still really like the show. We talk about it every week. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it just, it didn't register in this, in this list making process for me this year. Yeah. And there will definitely be some of those for me as well. Listeners shows that, people that other people have on their top five of the year. And I watched and I'm like, yeah, that's a good show. I just, I don't care about it. So these are the shows that that I care (laughs) more about. What is your number 18, Noel? Uh, I have Lady Dynamite at number 18. Was this one on yours? We will talk about that much later. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) My number 18 is Underground. Did that squeak in for you? Much later. (laughs) Much later. Okay. And number 17? Uh, I had Atlanta on here for number 17. And she's consulting. I'm consulting my list. Um, That one didn't end up on here for me, which again, I know will be like blasphemy to a lot of people, but yeah, it was another one of those where I was like fighting for one of my last spots and it just, it didn't, you know, Supergirl snuck on instead and send me your hate. (laughs) That's totally cool. I'm fine with it. Uh, What put it on the list for you? Well, I think what a lot of the things is how Atlanta snuck up on me and surprised me based on expectations that I have for the show based on just the premise and everything. And the fact that the show was bold and willing enough to do something like the BET riff in season one is really, really very impressive. Um, so that kind of a thing, if alone, probably would have gotten it onto my list. But there's also just a really excellent use. Like the show understands social media better than pretty much any other show I can think of on television with the exception of one other show that's actually on my list. And I think it's just also really, it's a very well told story with a very distinct voice, which is another thing that I was noticing when I was coming up with this list is a lot of these have distinct voices to them. And Alana very much has a distinct voice and like, Lady Dynamite, which we'll discuss much later, has very, very distinct voice. So that's kind of a running theme with a lot of mine. And yours is joy. Mine, I think, ended up being really distinct voices 
which uh, I think is very exciting. So yeah, no, Atlanta was my number 17. Uh, what about you? Um, well, first of all, Atlanta is terrific. It's just one of those like shows where I think I enjoyed it I, I, I intellectually mm-hmm. more than viscerally, so that's why right. it didn't end up on there for me. But um, my number 17 is Survivor's Remorse, which uh, I thought just had a terrific third season. Um, and, and really... Again, when we talk about something, a show like Jane, that Jane the Virgin, that that balances tones and is equally comfortable with drama and comedy and uh, and tackling relevant social issues, uh, the the way that this season uh, really focused in on issues like like uh, like colorism in the African American community and uh, marketing and the way and they did an episode on on female circumcision. <laughs> Or genital mutilation. They did, and that was tied into an episode of tracing the, the some of the characters tracing their um, ancestry uh, as well. And then there was so much in this threaded through the season of uh, fathers and sons too. It, it was just a very fun and funny and uh, entertaining season, while also being a really thoughtful uh, third season as well. And the 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 drama living side by side with the comedy is is very, I think, very realistic and very much speaks to kind of mentally and emotionally where I am at right now, this more challenging second half of, or not even second half, two, one-sixth of the calendar year. The idea of just pivoting back and forth constantly between those two, just really peppering comedy in with the with the drama and drama in with the comedy to make them feel more organic and, and related. That is something that really, I think... Um, elevated this season for me i i hope more people will will seek out survivor's remorse because i think it is a terrific show and one that's very easy to catch up on um so hopefully i know that you haven't seen it yes no i have not oh and you're not alone most people i that at least that i've seen talking about shows for their their best of the year haven't seen survivor's remorse uh, so they can't even consider it so hopefully that's one that some people will will seek out a bit more um what is your number 16 uh my number 16 is um people of earth Yes, no, no, yeah, no. Okay. Oh, no, People of Earth is not online, but I think it is a very entertaining choice. I'm glad to see some TBS love on your list. Uh, go for it, yeah. No, so um, People of Earth, I think, is probably my favorite of TBS's uh, relaunch, rebranding shows that they launched all this year. And I think for me, in a lot of ways, and I know a lot of people would dispute this because Search Party is a thing that exists. And People love Search Party. People love it. And I don't totally, I get why, but I don't get why. Mm -hmm. And we can maybe talk about this next week. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But People of Earth for me is really, I think, the best TBS show about trying to find something. And all of TBS's comedies this year have been about trying to find something which I think is a really interesting developmental choice for TBS. And again, we can talk about this more next week, but People of Earth is such a deeply humanistic show about people trying to make connections um, within an oddball sort of situation, but not be defined by those oddball situations, which I think is also one of the really important things about People of Earth. And so I really like the show's Search for Truth. I really like how funny it is. I like how really solid its ensemble cast is. Anna Gasteyer is incredible. White Snack is incredible. It's a really well put together group of very funny people doing serial comic stuff very, very well in what should be a very absurd setting, but is played generally really straight um, with humor, but still 
it's not Angie Tribeca by any <laughs> stretch of the imagination or Rector Detoured. Um, so yeah, no, People of Earth, number 16, not, not a problem. Just really, really like this show a great deal. Yeah. Well, my number 16 uh, here, I'm feeling might be higher in yours, Halt and Catch Fire. Yes, it is higher on mine, yes. <laughs> okay, so we'll hold off on that. What is your number 15? Uh, my number 15 is American Crime, period, and and end of okay. sentence. <laughs> Just missed the cut. Just yeah. missed the cut for me. Uh, so, no, like, like with last year's, they told a really compelling story with a really terrific group of actors. And I think that this season was maybe a little bit better than last season in terms of its far re- it was a little more ambitious in that it tried to do multiple things between school shooting racism bullying um and just a lot of other stuff that was going on in that season but it was all fairly executed well the school stuff wasn't as done as well as it probably should have been but there was plenty of other stuff to make up for it and it introduced us to a lot of really good young actors who i cannot wait to see more of and hope they get a lot of work very very quickly uh so what about you what was your number 15 my number 15 is adventure time great this was not on my list at all i this is one of those situations where I looked over the episode list for this year and went, I've really liked all of these episodes, but I can think of other shows overall that I liked a lot more. So why was this one on your list? This one is on my list um, for a handful of episodes that we'll get talked about a bit more next week. But right. also it was one where I, I, I considered it briefly just as like a matter of course of shows that I love that I think are terrific and um, is this in contention this year? And I was not sure and then i went and looked at okay well what actually aired this year because there were a few shows that i kind of forgot had existed like i tweeted that about the fact that venture brothers was this year this most recent season and it was awesome and it's not on my list um probably just because of a numbers game (laughs) but um but when i looked at the episodes that had aired this year for for adventure time we we had some some sillier ones that didn't quite work as well, but then we had introspective ones like one of the first episodes of the year was Summer Showers, which is that that play episode that we got the creepiness of the blank eyed girl, and of course Bad Jubies was just amazing and amazing. That's the stop motion mm-hmm. animated one. Um, but we we got a lot of really great stuff. Um, I thought with with Jake and with Finn individually, we got the 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 music hole, um, and and. It just I don't know. For me, there were a lot. I don't want to just list a bunch of episodes. So uh, what what I thought was really terrific about this season is the way that they really let Finn grow and let him just kind of not be okay for for parts of the season. and then Or just, like, leave him to the side because right now he's not ready to progress to the next mental or emotional state. So we're going to focus in on some of the other characters instead. I thought that – I think that's a really mature and – and interesting and fun way to deal with that issue of the, of your character if your character is not ready to believably grow and become like go into the new phase of of his uh, development then what do you do well you can do daddy daughter card wars you know <laughs> um and also with um with this year for for adventure time the uh they're just the number of of developments with their mythology really pushes towards or, or hints towards some really amazing stuff yet to come, which I think also elevated my, when I was thinking about the different shows, I think that also gave it a bit of a boost. So like the stuff with the Finn sword was super intense. And then that, the way that, that, that connected in with our preboot and reboot 
or yeah, preboot and reboot at the end of this this calendar year. Um, yeah, for me, it's I'm I'm always very aware of of uh, Adventure Time and of course another show that is on our list, Steven Universe. It's here somewhere, everyone. Never you fear. Um, I think it's so easy for people to overlook these shows. It's why I also, for a brief moment, considered whether uh, Children's Hospital was going to sneak in at the bottom of my list because they had a really fun last season as well. Um, how well is this show executing what it's trying to do and its form? And I think too many people dismiss short-form, 15-minute shows uh, because they're short instead of looking at the emotional and, 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 and comedy and drama, the impact of that and how well they execute with that. And um, I think Adventure Time had, for me, a really interesting and, and creative and strong, uh, you know, like, intel like intellectually, emotionally strong season. Uh, so that's why it found its way onto my list. Well, no, that's really good. I, I, I think when I looked at Adventure Time, the big thing that I just went, went, what episodes do I remember from this? Mm -hmm. And basically, I remembered Egress as, like, the episode from this season for me. And then I went through the list and just went, right, this one, this one. Oh, I, I did really like that one. But I just, I couldn't really latch on to episodes without having to like read descriptions, which I think was like telling for me. So I just went, all right, well, I can remember egress. I can remember summer showers and I can remember preboot and reboot because <laughs> those just aired. Lady Rainicord of the crystal dimension. Yeah, no, like <laughs> I, I didn't even remember that really until I looked at the list and went, Oh, right. We did have that episode. Mm -hmm. So that's basically why I just, it didn't like, wasn't, it was in contention, but it was very easy for me to just like yeah. go, well, I can highlight egress when we do the big smorgasbord. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. More fine. adventure time content next week, everyone. <laughs> right. So that's, that's where I landed on it. <laughs> that's, that's what peak TV means. And we'll, I'm sure yeah. we'll have some more of those. Uh, what is your number 14? Uh, my number 14 is blackish. Was blackish on yours? No, it didn't. And it, that's a prime Shame. example. That's a prime example for me of a handful of the, the year's best episodes and yeah. then a bunch of really solid ones. So that's, yeah. for me personally, that's why it's off. But I, I think it's awesome that it's on yours. <laughs> no, so basically take everything that you did about Adventure Time and we'll apply it to <laughs> yes, this. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> Philosophically speaking, and that's why that's why I put it on here. It's just very distinct approaches. Like, even as, I think for me, the big reason that this stood out was their, um, their Black Lives Matter episode. Hope. And, right, Hope. And how well executed that was in terms of we're going to do a very special episode of Blackish, even though Blackish is increasingly tackling things and by doing very special episode type of approach uh, topics, but not doing it in approach. Whereas Pope is very much in that approach, but done really expertly well in a way that you don't even care that they're doing a very special episode. So Hope alone would have secured them a spot there, but there were a number of other episodes and performances from folks that would have gotten it on here anyway, but it's just such a very good show and a very exciting show to watch. And in its third season, everything's just cracked like along without showing any signs of wear or tear. So I can't wait to see what's next. Uh, what about you? What was your number 14? I'm going to pull an audible here and switch my 13 and 14. My number 14 is The Looking Movie, uh, which okay. aired this year. And I, I love that show. And I was so glad to have the the movie that, you know, I was probably going to like it no matter what. But I, I think 
um, the the impact it had on me for just one movie uh, with each the way that it was structured to give us so much one on one time with the different characters, the the, the strength of those in, uh, of those relationships and those the interplay between those characters, the way that we got to just kind of again, I, I what I love about looking is it's a show that just invites you to sit along with it and doesn't it's not going to teach you it's not gonna um it's not gonna try to pep you up it's not gonna it's it's just it's just gonna be and if you'd like to be with it you're welcome to to join um and i i really love that about the show it's beautifully shot the performances are terrific um and and they're so they're so incredibly human i just think of the the last shot i think and and i think of richie and I think, Jonathan Groff, you better not hurt that poor, you better not ever, don't you dare possibly hurt Richie, but I also really like you too. But no, don't you dare hurt him, Patrick. Um, I, I'm so invested in those characters. So incredible. And like, at one point I'm, I'm saying, Richie, leave and run away forever. Don't ever trust this person again. But also, you guys are so amazing together. Can't you make it work? Oh my goodness. Like, I'm talking like an idiot here um, <laughs> about a show that's been off the air for over a year and just had one kind of extra final movie to wrap things up but i just love looking and uh, and i couldn't i couldn't leave it off my list no i totally understand that in terms of i loved it i couldn't leave it, leave it off my list as far as like looking goes i didn't, haven't watched it past <laughs> like the first couple episodes of season one so mm-hmm. it, but seeing like you get choked up while you're talking about it in this way clearly demonstrates exactly why it should be on this list yeah Everybody will have, will each have some of those, I'm sure. The other one doesn't have. Uh, Yuri on Ice, I'm assuming, is on here somewhere for you. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, what is your number 14? Oh, sorry, number 13. Number 13 is uh, Full Frontal with Samantha B. Did this make your list? Yes, it is a little higher. Okay, well, then we'll go on to your 13. What was uh, your number 13? My number 13 is RuPaul's Drag Race and RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars Season 2. Okay. And I, I combined these into one slot because, as far as I'm concerned, they're the same show. It's just a new season of it, so... Yeah. Yeah, just like... Andrew, That's fair. Yeah, just like Andrew Tribeca's second season actually hurt its rankings. Um, if yes. It been just season yes, one, it, it did. would have gone. It probably been a bit higher for me. Um, but... Um, I was I was able to I was gonna leave Drag Race off when I remembered it just being uh, All Stars. I was like, oh, it was really good. Okay, but you know I can leave it off. And then I looked at the calendar and realized that season eight was also this year. And I was like, oh, season eight was also really good. We had Bob the Drag Queen. We had uh, Kim Chi, which was she's just such a fascinating figure on the show and the like all that amazing makeup and these different storylines that the that 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 um, that that character i feel care the the queens different queens gave us um were, were terrific and i mean just watching kimchi at the beginning of the season versus at the end of the season was just amazing and i can't wait till all stars three in like four years when when we can have her back and i, I feel i have a feeling that you know she'll just be she'll just dominate when there's more confidence there. Um, but I, I don't know. I just thought, I thought both shows, uh, both seasons were strong, had a lot of really memorable moments. Some of my lines of the year, most quoted, <laughs> um, I still say choices all the time. Thank you, Tatiana. Um, but yeah, I just, some of the most compelling, entertaining, and uplifting TV of the year for me. 
did I, I just started talking. I should have asked, did this make your list? It, it did not, but you were fine to just start talking. Um, I hadn't <laughs> watched season eight. And um, as you know, when we watched All Stars, I was just kind of exhausted because we had just done three seasons of the show for yeah. the uh, DVD, for make the Make You watch Watchathon. And I just went, this is, this is good. I can appreciate this, but it's the exact same show. I just watched three seasons of in like two weeks. I yeah. can't do this anymore, Kate. I can't. Fair it's enough. good, but I can't do this anymore. But no, so I really, I enjoyed it, but um, it, I didn't even think about it in terms of having it on here. Yeah, fair enough. What was your number 12? Uh, my number 12, and I'll just start talking because it's not on your list, is Yuri on Ice, as you just <laughs> alluded to. Um, this is also the show I alluded to that uses social media really well. Um, but basically, and I'll just ruin things for you, sorry, it's just going to have to happen. Go for it. Um, in terms of the fact that this is a show in which two men basically implicitly get engaged and none of their friends or family get upset about it or their coaches get upset about it. They're kissing on the rink, even though it's obscured by someone's arm, because here's the thing. There's a way to critique the show as still kind of being in the closet, but it kind of still has to be in the closet because of where it airs and where homosexuality is in Japan, mm -hmm. that it can't be like, hi, type of thing. It can't be really open, but you can be explicit and, you can be implicit by having two guys exchange rings and then make promises to one another that after this is over and you can end the show with them doing a pair skate together and you can't get much more obvious than that because there's not same-sex pair skating <laughs> that's not a thing <laughs> that's not a thing and so it's just a gorgeous uplifting wonderful story about two men being finding what it means to be in love with one another finding what it means to be in love period and it's just really heartfelt it's really beautiful and it still finds room for its side characters to show and demonstrate other types of love that maybe aren't as healthy or aren't as positive or and that kind of a thing and i think that that's really important to represent and that they do all of this with actual choreographed skating programs that have been choreographed by professional ice skaters so that it's not just animators kind of go, oh, well, maybe this is what this looks like. No, they hired ice skaters to do this show, to put it together. And there's just such an intention to detail that I can't wait for the Blu-ray when they can clean up some of like the in-between stuff, in-between frames so that it looks much cleaner because if there's another knock against the shows that some episodes just look really off model. Um, but that's because they saved all their money for the finale. Uh, so it's a really terrific show. I recommend you can watch it either on Crunchyroll in subtitled, or you can watch it on Funimation with the dub that's already happening because that's where we are with Jap importing um, Jap licensing animation now from Japan is that we're getting dubs almost immediately. So Yuri and I, really good. Number 12, I, 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 if you don't watch it before next August, you're going to watch it in the next <laughs> August. Uh, so that was my number 12. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what is, I want to do my 12 and 11 back to back because there's the okay. theme. Um, so sure. what is your number 11? Uh, my number 11 is uh, a show that is just pure fun. And was nothing but fun. And I loved every second of it. And I'm really pissed for that you made me think that it was coming back. And that it didn't come back. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
And my number 11 is Limitless. Uh, this was my, like I said, this was just, it's number 11 as like the bridge between things because this was by far and away the most fun I had watching television all year. I look forward to this every week. Uh, I was sad when it wasn't on and it was just the, the show's mythology that it was building up. I couldn't wait for it to like explore and explode in season two. They made really complicated villains. They made really complicated heroes. It was a really terrific story from a show that I think we all kind of initially wrote off because it came from a so-so middling Bradley Cooper movie. And it turned into something much different and a very good example of how to exploit your film IP into a really good television show. And yet we got a whole slew of these other shows that aren't anywhere near as good. Hey, so remember limitless. Rush Hour? That was a thing this year. God. Oh, fuck. No, Kate. <laughs> I had blocked Kate. <laughs> oh. oh. What are your 12 and 11, Kate? Okay, well, I, 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 my 12 and 11 have gone back and forth in their placement a bunch of times in my brain. So I'm going to put to connect here from Limitless, which is not on my list, but it's a terrific choice. Um. My number 12 will be The Nightly Show, another show that okay. uh, ended this year that got canceled, surprisingly, just kind of out of nowhere when should have been renewed, or at least let to, allowed to finish out its order. Um, and my my 11, then, is Full Frontal with Sam B. Um, okay. So, for me, and I've been a little surprised to not see anyone talk about The Nightly Show at all. I haven't seen a single mention of it in any of the year end. Like these are things that happened in TV this year. And given the way the election went, given the reactions after the election, I'm a little surprised there isn't more of like a, you know, we miss this show. It's a shame it's not on and we don't have a different show on that is giving voice to people of color and letting them talk in the talking head format the way that the rest of TV, especially in late night, is very happy to let white people talk, um, especially white men. Um, the Nightly Show is a show I looked forward to every day. And when I got behind on, I was very happy to marathon and catch up with. It talked about uh, current events. It talked about politics um, in a, usually a, a fun comedic way, not the funniest on all of TV um, as you, most of the time. But with a slightly different perspective. Just certainly I, you know, like they were much bigger on Bernie than I was. I'm you know, much bigger on Bernie. Um, and I just, I didn't always agree with what they were saying, but it was, an, it was a really straightforward way for me to find other opinions than my own that I respected, that seemed uh, well considered and researched and backed up. Um, and that had a perspective that I probably, I might have considered, but also likely might not have. Uh, I think that's important. I think, I think seeking, out, seeking out opinions and perspectives different than your, your own is important. Um, having a show that can do that where the, where the overall point, the theme that they're going for is probably comedy. Comedy and, and political commentary, but comedy as opposed to getting the most outrage which is sort of what I find on, on CNN, MSNBC, Fox, um, I think really let me look at these perspectives with less of a uh, question as to authenticity and bias and, and um, agenda. So 
I think it was an important show. I wish it was still on the air. Uh, it's not. Also, it was pretty darn funny a lot of the time, as far as I'm concerned. As for Sam B, it was, this was on your list, a little bit lower than me, but it's on my list as well. I just am so glad she's back next year. We're going to need her next year. We're going to need Sam B and her whole writing team. But the this is something that, as previously mentioned in this episode, Emily Stevens, <laughs> a friend of the show, mentioned when she was uh, on one week. Just having the timbre and the sound of a assertive and uh, there's that buzzword and uh, angry woman and having that voice given authority, given respect and given, you know, side by side billing with the rest of late night and comedy TV, I think is really powerful. And I think it's very I think it's an important thing. Um, The show was really smart is really smart i should say is really uh well researched uh they are they encourage the best in their viewers they encourage people to get involved they encourage people to get informed um and they will she will sit down with she'll go rock climbing with gary johnson she might think he's an idiot but she will let him talk um and i don't know i I think not only is it funny not only was it a much needed coping mechanism at certain parts of the campaign and the after the results of this election this year but it's just terrific biting tv in a time when a lot especially in the build-up to the election in the campaign when a lot of other shows felt significantly defanged i still felt the intelligence the wit and the 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 pointed barb underneath from both the nightly show and full frontal the sam b no, um, lots to lots to dig into. Is one of the reasons like why nightly show didn't come up on mine is that for me a lot of times the roundtables um, ended up feeling kind of repetitive, mm-hmm. um, which I think is the nature of the show is that it was just difficult to book consist to book people consistently. Um, but the other problem was is that a lot of the topics just became kind of repetitive in terms of well I understand this perspective but I'd like a someone else to come in and talk about it and not have the same stuff over and over again was something I ran into though. I agree with you as a whole about the necessity of the nightly show in the television landscape and that it's not there is a huge problem and that no one's talking about it. Also a huge problem in that Wilmore's perspective and his team's perspective um, as a whole and as a driving force for especially his opening monologues, but also their individual correspondence segments, particularly like ladies' issues um, as a segment that was recurring, that was fantastic and phenomenal and really well executed, that there hasn't been something, there can't be anything to fill that boy is really a problem, even though I think Full Frontal, in terms of its tambour and in terms of what it's interested in discussing and how it wants to discuss those things is similar in terms of its approach um in what it wants to do though i think sam b is a little more politically active in terms of saying yeah national election but your local elections people come the fuck on that's where everything is and i think that's also one of the reasons why full frontal was on my list is that it recognized very quickly and pushed very quickly on how important local, basically, state elections are and that are, frankly, significantly more important than dealing with your national elections on a number of, on a number of levels. 
And their recognition of that, I think, was really important. But your point and Emily's point about just having Sam B's literal voice being given space for 20, 25 minutes a, a week is significant and huge and just really compelling. But it's also really funny. And like you said, it's barbs that hit really hard. And they hit like 90... 90 miles a minute, 90 miles a minute, like, it's just barb, 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 really, really quickly. And even if she acknowledges that she doesn't necessarily like a joke that her writers wrote for the semen, the semen synonyms joke being uh, <laughs> recent, a recent one, but you just go on with it because she finds a way to sync it, link everything up into the ongoing discourse. And that's really, that's just so important. And like you said, she'll just talk to people and then she'll eat cake with Glenn Beck and then eat his head. <laughs> and I think that's, that's really important too. Um, so I really like it and I'm, I'm, I'm glad it was on both of our lists. Yeah. The last thing I'll say um, for the nightly show is that I really appreciate it introducing me to more voices and more people, uh, comedians and just political commentators that I should have been aware of. So after watching the nightly show, I already knew I liked Larry Wilmore, but I also know now to look out for Robin Thede, to look out for Francesca Ramsey, to look out for all this team of correspondents. And I don't yet know the names of the Sambi correspondents and writers. Um, maybe even just because their name doesn't come up in Chiron every time they talk. Um, it would but, help if they did that. <laughs> yeah, that would help. Um, but that's another thing that I credit to, to at least with Sambi, I visually know them, even if I don't know their names yet. Uh, but I feel like I will probably get us by sometime next year. I'll have those names locked into my, my mind as well so that I can look for other projects that they're involved with. So, uh, yeah, lots of uh, lots of terrific TV here in our top 20 to 11. We're going to take a break. We're going to listen to some music uh, from this year's TV. And we will come back with the first batch of our top 10. So we'll be right back after this. Nothing different is happening. This is just an ordinary day. I'm just an ordinary gay. Which is why I'm talking to you in such an ordinary way. I am dancing away from you. I am prancing away from you. Puppy, 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 puppy. Life getting scarier, just get a carrier. Get bit by a brute, pick up a malamute. Doubt the presence of God, get a shepherding dog. Too much evil, get a beagle, lost your noodle, get a poodle. Need a great big hug, just get yourself a pug. Really, dear, get yourself a pug. That was some of the delightful music from this year's uh, uh, this year's TV original music this week. We're going to have some more original music next week as well as uh, some of the covers from uh, this year's TV. But, Noel, it's time for our top ten. Um, what is your what is your number ten? All right. My number ten is Orange is the New Black. Was this on your list? 
Oh no, I didn't even watch it, and I didn't even feel bad. Oh and, right, you didn't watch this year. No, I like the end of the season would have probably killed me because of what happened, um, and I would have I'm sure I'm sure yes, that it would have yes. affected my voting. But no, I don't even I don't even miss it. I'm gonna be honest. Okay, well that's fair. No, um, so it's number ten because even more so, directly, I think in a lot of ways, and more so than like Blackish in terms of scripted programming, is that Orange Is the New Black ended up being probably the most aggressively topical show this year, um, in no small part of the um, death that would have wrecked you, as you alluded to. Um, so. Yeah, go full spoilers. That's totally fine. <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. Um, I can talk about it without doing it. But just between that death, but also between just how the show started navigating uh, the privatization of prisons, which is something that's deeply significant that no other show is posi- really positioned to talk about. And Orange is the New Black is very well, it, it can't not talk about it, um, which is a huge issue within the United States. And just... It was so aggressively topical that it could not be on my list, but it handled all of it with a great deal of humanity and still managed to find just plenty of comedy as well um, within itself. So I think this season, maybe more than any other season, really balanced itself as better than its previous seasons had done. Now, I do worry about the show's longevity and the fact that we're guaranteed at least, like, what, another three seasons um, and I question whether or not it needs those three seasons, um, especially with how this season like ends. Um, but I'm excited to see though, th- at least the very next season at the very least. And it's just, it, I can't, based on everything that's happening, I'm interested to see how they parlay current events again this year, if they decide to do that. Or if they just decide to go back to something more like season three, where it was much more episodic, elliptical sort of storytelling, which is something else I really appreciated. But this season was more deeply serialized, more deeply emotional, at least for me. And yeah, I just it was it was a big it was a it, it was something I could not put on my list this year. Um, so yeah, number ten for me was Orange Is the New Black. And you didn't watch it because you were good. You were good. And you're, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was okay. I didn't, didn't, didn't miss it. Um, yeah. But one I did watch, and uh, part that's part of why it's on the list here at number 10, is 30 for 30's OJ Made in America. Because mm-hmm. we watched a whole series about the OJ since the trial, and then 30 for 30 came out with a 10-hour doc- documentary on this theoretically the same topic. And I also watched that because it was so good. It was so well it made. It covered a lot of the same ground, but it covered a lot more history leading up to and setting the scene for I'm trying to explain or not explain, but like demonstrate how and why the conditions surrounding the O.J. Simpson trial developed and came to be. And, and it, the context that it gave the art that, that it gives you know, if you watch it now, it still gives that context um, to the events that people know about the trial. Uh, I thought was really well structured and the, the talking heads, the interviews that they got from all over the spectrum, I thought were really terrific. I mean, <laughs> you have Marsha Clark, you have these other uh, significant figures from the prosecution and you have Furman. They interviewed Furman too. And they got him to go on. Like they got pretty much everybody, but Ito, right? Yes. Who's alive, at least. And, yes, um, a lot of them are dead, which is just a little weird, but... <laughs> you know, but but having 
like never losing sight of in the in this document again it's 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 there in the name oj made in america the idea of him as some as a a a force or an identity or a end a being an entity created um and cultivated and nurtured and allowed to grow as opposed to in a moment or an evening or a bad night that of this crime it's like no this all came from somewhere this was crafted and created by the situation in in la um and, and the the racial tensions and the 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 corruption and the police department and these different issues um i don't know if corruption is the right word but the problems in the police department i guess in la that fostered this environment to let a serial abuser never have to face any consequences until he killed his wife um you know allegedly um re- not convicted anyways um i thought it was compelling tv i thought it was very responsible tv and i hope we see more of this type of of in-depth culturally relevant and curious documentary uh next year and, and it's very possible it's out there i just don't know it I don't know where it is. I don't know where to look. Um, but we're going to need a lot of really great journalism next year. Uh, I This is documentary film. It's That's different. But I would uh, – it's a very different important to stress that. But I would love to see more examinations of especially, you know, something like this with the, the, the racial hot button of this topic, of this, of this trial – to see it see more issues or time periods or moments in our history given this kind of lens and focus and attention i think that would be a good thing and it was just damn compelling tv so that's why oj made in america is on my list yeah uh i i got flack from a couple of my friends that it wasn't on my list um Mm -hmm. and that i didn't combine it with like American crime story. Uh, and a lot of it just had to do with the fact that I feel like I could watch the first couple of installments of this. And then I wanted to watch American crime story and then watch like the last installment of the 30 for 30 documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I felt about it. And then I went, well, if I feel like that, that's not really a terrific endorsement. And like I said, when you and I discussed it, I was really frustrated by, even though understanding that this is very much a, a documentary series about discussing the scenarios in which Simpson went to trial and the, but it's much more in terms of like the style discussions about this, as you alluded to with the LA police department and just the general state of the country at the time. But then you can't do any time about someone like Nicole Simpson within the confines of your documentary. This is just like, well, we talked to some of her family members and we talked a little bit about this, but then we just kind of skipped over it. And I just went, but but you're obscuring her in the same way she was uh, uh, very much obscured by the trial itself, um, even though it was about her and uh, her partner's murder. And it's just like, but it, it felt like it was playing into the same sort of gender norms and it didn't explore gender 
mm-hmm. within with the same type of interrogation delicacy that it explored literally everything else in the United States. Yes, no, that's that's very true. Very true. <laughs> so that was that. That I think it, it it was a combination of both of those things that just kind of went. Well, if I'm not going to combine it, then I'm just not going to put it on here because. I had that kind of an objection to it where this is really, it's all those things that you just listed and I can't deny any of that, but then I just kept having like problems with it where mm-hmm. I just, I was just like, I can't, I can't. Um, but it's okay. I, no. it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't, I don't knock anyone for putting this on this list because it is like you said, just really solidly well done, compelling documentary filmmaking. But that gets into another question that I think we can start to address with stuff like, um, with these kind of long form type of things and like are we doing a movie are we doing a multi-part television documentary like format and format and like medium wise i think weird questions maybe but nothing that we can't address in like some other form as opposed to a top 10 list yeah 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 fair enough what is your number nine well number nine we can start discussing cult and catch fire uh which had a uh blissful um surprise third season third third mm-hmm. season yeah that um fra- showed the fracturing of a female business and friendship in all its heart-wrenching uh agony yes tears so many tears yeah listeners i'm miming a tear going down my face <laughs> <laughs> i but don't also- like when mommy and mommy fight right exactly but i think the biggest thing that for me, the reason why Hold and Catch Fire is on here is that for me, having watched the show since season one was basically going, seeing them realize in season two that Cameron and Donna were better protagonists for the show than uh, Joe and um, Gordon. And then them just doubling down on that in season three in really just intensely emotional ways for both Cameron and Donna that in like, I'm still thinking about them yelling in board meetings at one another. And then, then them not talking to one another when they see each other, like in a grocery store and that kind of stuff just like is still stuck in my brain. And the fact that there was a show in which two women had to argue over technology and what the best paths forward for their company that was a technology company is huge. And it cannot be understated how really important that is for that to be depicted on television in any way, shape or form, but for it to be treated with sensitivity and with just, yeah, just to be treated with so much sensitivity and intelligence. It's why it's number nine on my list. Um, You had a, um, frankly way too low but (laughs) (laughs) why why was it on your list for all of those reasons that you said and uh i'm just i'm gonna straight up tweet not subtweet to silicon valley you're not on my list and halt and catch fire is so you know yeah you had a really strong season and it was really funny and all maybe include some women next season let them let them be funny too um but halt and catch fire like you said it packed an emotional wallop i mean just think of Cam just kind of crumpling as she leaves the vote um, with Tom, right? Her husband. Yes. yes. Um, just, it just, just, just all the feels and no words uh, for that moment. And, and the, the stuff we got with her and Boz was amazing. The trip back to Texas, the, 
um, fast forward to a divorced Donna and Gordon, the, the return to the fold in a way of, um, of Joe, um, Joe, you know, having an AIDS scare, uh, like just, I think with this season, I think of exchanges and I think of visual more and performance moments. So I think of that, that moment of the deck of, you know, the not character character that we wish had been better written. Um, you know, revisiting that deck, we have just, just Donna with the coats, the fur coats in the hallway. There's, there was such a tactile sense to so much of this season, the way it was shot, the way it was framed, um, the, the costuming and, um, and you know hair and makeup and all of that like just like everything about the craft of this show is terrific it's not quite as high for me because of things like the character whose name i can't remember who was there ryan ryan, ryan yeah to ryan. hang out with joe something yeah. really terrible but yeah <laughs> yeah like there's there are a few of those other elements that you know distracted somewhat from the show for me um but then i think of Cameron telling Gordon over the ham that she got married because she can't in person, but she can over the ham. Um, I think of them playing video games on the, after the broken TV. And like, there was so much in this season um, that again, like I said, uh, for survivors and this blend of, of humor and drama and, and really intense emotional stakes. Um, yeah, it was terrific TV. We're so glad we got season three. We, we get season We're getting four. a season four. It's yes. insane, but we're very happy. Do you have any any final thoughts on, on Halt and Catch Fire or anything else that you want to mention? No, I think I nailed everything I want to discuss with that. So what was your number nine, Ben? My number nine is Rectify. Which is my number eight, so let's get into it. Let's get into it. Now, the reason this isn't higher on my list is Chloe. And also, you know, the, the lawyer making a return when he shouldn't have. Like, these things that we talked about recently on the podcast. But the reason it is in my top ten is because it is a gorgeous, beautiful, and as we always say with this series, achingly human show that makes me feel. And lots of shows make me feel, obviously. We're, you know, we've been talking for over an hour about shows that make me feel. But the the patience of this show and the the love that it has for each of its characters even its ostensible uh villains is something that i just keep returning to time and again rectify was a beautiful show and it's amazing we got four seasons of it and i'm so thankful to ray mckinnon and sundance for letting it for making that happen yeah uh rectify's placement on my list is very much sort of a lifetime achievement award Mm -hmm. um placement in terms of you did you did really good for four seasons you have to be in the top 10 i thought of seven other shows i really really liked in part because of chloe but mm -hmm. also just because like for me a lot of it was just the compression of the season in a lot of ways sort of kept the show in check i would have liked like two extra episodes just mm -hmm. two i think would have been enough and maybe it would have just given everything else a little bit more room so it was very much lifetime achievement. You just did such incredible things with Teddy. And I mean, we discussed all of this last week, so I don't want to like dwell too long on it, but there wasn't anything to strongly have a dislike, a strong dislike to. 
our quibbles with Chloe aside, it's just like the show is just damn near perfection um, across four seasons. And that's really hard to do, even with as short a run as it's had in terms of episode numbers. It told a really tight, compelling, thoughtful, humanistic story that within the narrative confines of its universe spanned like two months, if that. And I can't get over that. I can't get over stuff like Daniel riding bicycles and getting lost and having weird experiences with hippies. Never go to hippies to, with a, to a second location, Daniel. Just don't do it. But also everything with prison and just the PTSD acknowledgement of all of that. Just all of it. Just all of it. And also Amantha and introducing Abigail Spencer to me. So mm -hmm. I can have yet another TV lady crush. Um, <laughs> just all of it. Just all of it. Fair enough. Uh, what is your... Oh, that was your number eight. So my number eight yep. is The Great British Baking Show. <sighs> is it on yours? No? No, I cut it. <laughs> that's okay. Because, yeah, and okay. I would have just done the PBS version. As, that's so... what it is. That's oh, what that's did. what it is. That's what you did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I did The Great British Baking Show because that... Okay was the season six of the great british bake off off right season but they had they had a the season off this season yeah. was this year right. and it was good but it wasn't as good as okay. season six That's which is why i went with the baking show and it's right. a different show technically so those both don't count anyways <laughs> over the summer as we were watching uh and pridefully laughing at england deal with brexit um, we were also in the U.S. watching uh, Nadia and Tamal and the rest of the, this crew of bakers come into their own. We were seeing every week beauty and love and compassion and togetherness and unity exemplified by a group of bakers, of, of amateur bakers from all walks of life throughout the, the UK. And to see that not only warms the heart, not only does the structure of this show, as I talked about at, at the AV Club this summer, not only does the structure of the show um, commend it, and, and not only does the, the format and the, the personalities of the various figures, recurring figures on the show recommend it, but it's, it's unyieldingly optimistic and humanist again a recurring theme for me um message is one that i just i to me that's true westworld is nowhere near this list i don't care about westworld i've seen enough episodes that i you know through intention and also through sitting down with my family members as they watch tv that i could i could have considered it for my list but westworld is a show that at least in its first season is convinced that if given the opportunity, all humans want to destroy and create violence and, and hurt. And that's how they, f they can find the most meaning in their lives and the most um, sense like transcendent glimpse of themselves. And I think that's bullshit. I believe, th I believe in the great British baking show. I believe in the great British bake off and what it has to say about humanity, even as challenging as that is, to hold on to sometimes um, with where we are right now in our country. That is how I was raised. That is what I see most of the time when I look around um, at my community. And um, so that's why it's on my list. Cause I think it's a beautiful show and I think it's a lot of fun. And I think we all need some more melon soon in our lives. <laughs> uh, this was on my list and I cut it to put lady dynamite on the list. That's okay. <laughs> We're going to talk more about that in a little yeah. bit. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's, 
but yeah. everything you just said is completely accurate about Baking Show, as I say, as a neophyte to the franchise, and this basically being my exposure was this season that aired on PBS, and but all of that is completely true, and I won't sully it by expanding on it because it's all correct and accurate. Mm. Well, what is your number seven here? My number seven is The Good Place. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um... Again, like, we've talked a lot about humanism and humanistic, but uh, The Good Place is just really great in, just from a performance level, um, just, this is the best thing that Ted Danson has done since Cheers. Um, and he's just a riot, and Kristen Bell is incredible. The entire cast is, frankly, incredible. And I can't think, there hasn't really been a day since it's gone on hiatus that I haven't gone, I'd really like The Good Place to be on TV right now. And that's why it's on my list at all. But the other reason is, is that we've talked about people improving themselves and finding ways to make themselves better. And The Good Place is about that in so many ways. And But it's about that in a universe in which you don't have to be better anymore because you're already dead. And the show just goes, no, there's always room for improvement. And the steady way that it has opened up its world, including Adam Scott as the representative of the bad place, and a terrific bit of just kind of casting against type after we, even I, have him in my brain as his character from Parks and Recreation, even though I didn't really watch Parks and Rec. I know him as the as Ben, ben in ben Parks. Ben yes. Right. That's who he is now. And now he's the, he's Trevor. Is it Trevor? That sounds right. It yeah. sounds right. It's some yeah. really name where you immediately go, that's what a bad person's name would be. <laughs> no no offense meant to anyone named Trevor. No offense to um, Trevor Project. We love you. Right. Um, it's not Trevor. It's something else, but it's it's bad. Yeah. Um, but it's all of this, and it's still very funny, and it's really smart about philosophy in terms of how it deploys it and getting it right. Which I think is really significant as opposed to just using it as window dressing. They explain it in ways that make sense, but also in ways that are meaningful to their story. And I just, I love this show. And it made me very, very happy. And I trade gifts of it with a friend of mine, like at least every other week or so, because we both really love the show. And I can't wait for it to come back. And I need to come back right now. And I need to dance and talk about the spenders some more. <laughs> and yeah, so it's my number seven. Um, yeah, I just, it's such a good show. It's really, and, and again, <laughs> it, it's, it just immediately had such a sure sense of itself. And it's, yeah. uh, it's themes. Yes, it's characters, but also it's themes. Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it's 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 a really funny show, really well made, and it, it didn't make my my list, but I again I'm glad it's on yours so we get to talk about it this week. Um my number seven is Stranger Things. Which Okay, this was not on my list. I didn't even really consider it. And this is part of why I mentioned at the beginning that the shows that are on my list is a very personal list, a very subjective list. I watched this show at a family vacation. With two of my siblings who, you know, were all in our 30s. Uh, well, my sister's almost in her 30s. I'm in my 30s. My brother's in my 30s. Sitting on a couch uh, in the middle of, like, for us, nowhere. Um, in pitch black darkness. 
it was amazing and we had to like then leave the building we were in leave, leave the 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 vacation kind of like spot you know house thing that we were staying in and then go across the street to to because my sister needed someone to walk her home because it was too creepy to walk home with it was too dark and it was too scary to walk home alone and this show it just got to me uh, it, it was a wonderful viewing experience, just the way that I watched it, with, with whom I watched it, um, and, like, in the span of time, we watched it really quickly. That was – that certainly helped it. But um, – so just the viewing experience is one of the best I had this year. But also, it's the, – the the craft of it, the score – that that humming thrumming music throughout the those that group of kids Dustin forever everyone Dustin's the best um the the uh, embrace and then subversion of certain tropes and themes uh you know Winona Ryder as the crazy mom who spends a little too long in the dark but then is fully empowered by the end um the the drunk sheriff who gets sober as soon as he realizes there's there's some intense stuff happening uh matthew modine who shows up for just the right amount we had just the right amount of matthew modine in that in this and and 11 like just these characters i thought really came together it was just the right length as far as i'm concerned some people thought it was a little too short or sorry a little too long um but for me it was just the right length i love that they um they don't have uh the ending couples maybe that you expect they're much more honest to how high school kids are um which i think is is terrific i mean i don't know if i'm going to like the second season whatever they do for that but i just had an it has paul riser you're going to love it and you're going to like it <laughs> <laughs> but i had a terrific time with with stranger things it transported me um and again visceral reactions and the the individuality of my experience with this show another year a different year and a different like watching it at home by myself might not have made my list the yeah. way that i watched it with whom and and what that allowed me to kind of share with my family uh for that week where we're trying to get people to watch it and we're talking about it um it was wonderful so that's why it's on my list no i think i think that the experiential way of and reasoning behind it i think is really significant um in part because we don't we don't really discuss how we watch tv anymore um and we don't and so much of the television especially with me because i live with a cat and no one else is that i just watch tv alone mm -hmm. and yeah and it's it it warps how you think about television it like it gets really kind of thorny and complicated and you have to like pry yourself out of it. So like, I remember when I previewed stranger things prior to you watching it is that I was just like, you just need to watch this in a dark room with a bowl of popcorn and like three of your favorite people. And that was in part because I didn't get to watch it like that. And I was very upset because I don't have enough people close by who are three people that would watch this. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's not for everyone. <laughs> right. And I tried to get my friend up here to watch and she's just like, I don't do that kind of stuff. And I'm just going, I know, but I, I, I need someone to watch it with. Okay. <laughs> um, she was like, no. I was like, fine. Um, so a lot of that just, a lot of it just had to do with how I watched it, but also just, again, I thought of other shows that I felt 
spoke to me a lot more this year in beyond just the simple nostalgia, which is how basically I had to treat it because I didn't have a kind of experiential approach to it. Mm-hmm. And I'm really glad that you factor that into your list making because, again, we don't do that often enough in terms of how we think about television. And I was, I'm very glad that that factored into your decision making here. I'm also going to love any show that uh, show has kids playing D&D and does right by them. As yes. someone who did plenty, had plenty of hours in the car with my family playing D&D growing up. Uh, so. That is a great idea. I should have told Nick to do that on his car ride. His girlfriend, his fiance would be so not thrilled with that. <laughs> I like, uh, like leveling up characters as we commuted between fam- visiting family in Wisconsin and, and, and mm-hmm. home in Chicago suburbs. Yeah, plenty of hours doing that growing up. Uh, uh, like so yeah, that. yeah, no, it's it it's good times. Good times with Stranger Things for me. Um, what is your number six? Uh, my number six is something that I suspected is on your list, so we may talk about it in just a minute, maybe depending on where you placed it, but my number six is Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. We're in just a bit. My number yeah. six is Lady Dynamite, so let's okay. talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I had it a lot higher than you did, but I, th- I think for me, um, the I, I we talked about it after watching the first one or two, and we were like, yes. uh, I, don't, I don't know yeah. yet. <laughs> yeah. And then I watched the rest of the rest of it a bit later. I thought it was brilliant. And then I had to watch the entire thing again in the span of like two days and take copious notes so that I could interview the composer for the podcast. And so going back and revisiting it and really examining and considering the, the music of which there's a bunch in, in the show, um, let me get more into Maria Bamford's performance and into the writing. And I think it's just uh, the structure of the season, the, the wackiness of it and its examination of self identity and depression. It's just, I think it's tremendous, tremendous uh, storytelling. And I, I hope more people will go back and reexamine it because I think it's really like the first time watching it is, uh, is really impactful. If you get, up to the right part of the season. Yeah. Like, it takes a few episodes to get in. But when you go back, knowing where it'll end and you watch it again, you see so many seeds of where they're going. And I think it's even more rewarding the more you revisit it. Plus, Brendan Rouse. <laughs> being ridiculous. Why Why is Lady Dynamite on your list? Uh, Lady Dynamite was on my list. And I think one of the things, to the shortest answer is just to go tell everyone to listen to our season spotlight that we did. Uh, with Emily about the show um, where we break it down really, really nicely. But a big reason it was on my list is that this is a show that takes mental health really seriously by treating it very funnily. And it does so in really weird ways. It does so in really thoughtful ways. And it does so in, as you alluded to, really smart ways. Um, Aesthetically, as we broke down in the podcast uh, segment that we did, Uh, it's really smart about how it tells you to read the show and then it doesn't tell you how to read it until the end. (laughs) (laughs) And which is, would be annoying except for the fact that it trusted you enough to figure it out on your own, damn it. (laughs) Just like in a lot of ways, like Maria had to figure out a lot of stuff on her own. And it's again, like we were talking about throughout this entire uh, list is a show that's, very much about people and people trying to figure out how to talk to one another and how to be themselves with one another. And there's just something very, again, 
thread of our thread of our list is it's just there's something deeply humanistic about the show and again like i'm someone who kind of went through like three or four episodes initially when it first dropped and went i'm not getting this at all and then it immediately clicks back into place like uh, right after that <laughs> um so i felt really stupid for waiting like three or four months because it dropped in like february i think mm-hmm. and i didn't watch the rest of it until we had emily on but this is just such a really terrific show and i'm really glad that we got it and, uh, and we're getting a well. second season oh are we i didn't know that that's very exciting yeah i believe um, so wait wait oh. i don't want to limit this don't this. don't limitless this you to keep me talking again. i'm gonna double check <laughs> Oh, well, I was actually almost done. I I was just also going to say that this also really um, introduced me to Bamford in a lot of ways, because I really didn't know her at all, apart from some voice work and the Target ads, Um, (laughs) which are viciously lampooned on all fronts in this show and in ways that speak to exactly why she did them and also why she maybe just didn't want to do them, but needed to do them. And who hasn't been there at one time or another. So I just, I, I, it's, it's a really great show and I encourage everyone to watch it. Yeah. Um, and yes, it has indeed in July, it got renewed for a second season. Okay. So we're good. I'm not limitlessing anyone, <laughs> which is for the best. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> we're going to talk more about it next week. Um, spoiler alert listeners in our, our best of everything else. Um, but I mean, as far as like soul crushing moments, it had some of yes. the, one of the season's most powerful or the year's most powerful. And it also had French cabaret doggy singing a song. I mean, it, it, it really spanned the gamut and um, uh, ran the gamut, I should say. And uh, it was f- ridiculous and silly and funny and touching and thoughtful and all the things that I hope TV can be. Um, while <laughs> managing to do all of it and still work, <laughs> it's like it's like if um, it, it very it's like the the theory of why we love so much of what we love about Jane the Virgin, just in a very different way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very, I think that's I think that's way. a fair description. Um, now we've gone through our top up to our top five. We're gonna take a break. Come back with our top fives of 2016. We'll be right back. When I was a little girl, I felt like a princess, so naive and full of hope. I thought my dreams would come true, but then as I grew, the world was all like, (laughs) nope. But this time, maybe, just maybe... Maybe this dream won't lead to disgrace Maybe this dream is in reach Maybe this dream won't poop on my face Like a seagull at the beach Maybe this dream won't be like my wedding The organ played, there goes the bride I came back Maybe
till the day I die. Well, Rebecca, you've done it now. Yeah, you guys know this one. Karma's come to tap you on the shoulder. All that lying that's been festering, plus breaking and entering, is coming now to crush you like a boulder. You ruined everything, you stupid bitch. You ruined everything, you stupid, stupid bitch. You're just a lying little bitch who ruins things and wants the world to burn. Bitch, you're a stupid bitch. And lose some weight. It's top five time. I've got at least at least one, I think probably two in my top five here that you definitely don't have. I, I no, I know that I have one you don't have, and it's my number five. <laughs> okay, well go for it. What is it? It's iZombie. Um Oh yeah, definitely not. Yeah, which is definitely not on your list. Uh but this show continues just to be a terrific and edge of your seat type of show for me in the bold choices that it makes in the character choices that it makes. Um, and also in its willingness to maybe possibly and kind of shakily blow up its entire world um, with uh, starting the zombie apocalypse uh, as soon as the season, uh, the next season rolls around. Maybe we'll find out. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's a show in which like the main character plays someone else every week, um, which is always really fun to watch, even if it doesn't always work. Um, it's, it's always really interesting and it's always really, it's always really fun. Um, and also just the puns on God, Kate, all the puns. Um, so it's just, it's a really, it's also like my only procedural on the show on the list. And I feel like a list of mine wouldn't be complete without a procedural because I love procedurals, but there's like a dearth of really good procedurals right now. Um, and iZombie balances pr- being able to tell really good procedural stories and still tell really good um, serialized stories. And yeah, and also it continued 2016's year of making sure Stephen Weber was a terrible, horrible human being as a villain. And I loved every second of it. Uh, so iZombie was my number five. Um, what about you? What was your number five? My number five is Beat. Yeah, this was not on my list. So yeah, <laughs> fair enough. And so yeah, I feel like this is just gonna be both of our fives. Was like, okay, I like that you like it. Yeah, uh, I don't have anything wrong with. I don't like have a problem with iZombie, but it just it never has worked for me. Um, right. And Veep makes me laugh out loud every week. Um, I think it's hilarious. I mean, no, Cuntgate was an episode that aired this year. <laughs> And it was glorious. We had Selena's mother uh, dying and, and her dealing with that, which was just an amazing, amazing tour de force performance. But then we also had, we had just the, the, the back and forth with Hugh Laurie and with, uh, and, and with Julie Louis-Dreyfus as their two characters and they're dancing at the ball. Oh my God. Like, just like this, somehow we had a new showrunner takeover on a show that is so distinctly Armando Inucci, or at least 
it was very much his uh, approach. Um, and yes, it feels different than his other shows. It's not as uh, is not as um, auteur, altruistic, I guess, as as his his UK shows are. But it's still very distinctly its own show. And and we had a new showrunner, and and he did one of the best seasons of the show when he took over. I think that's remarkable. Um, I think we had some of. Um, or just we had some of the best moments for each of these different characters on the show. We had uh, so the um, the Catherine episode as she made her documentary, um, Kissing Your Mother, uh, or, or Kissing Your Daughter. Kissing Your Daughter, I think is what it's called. Um, but, um, you know, we got that ridiculously delightful arc of Clay Duvall as her love interest, uh, the body double for, for Catherine, uh, for Catherine, for, uh, for Selena. It just... Every every episode I think is for me laugh out loud hilarious, and it also has some really amazing, terrific, dramatic moments for the characters to play, and when you put it all together, <laughs> given the state of American politics right now, unfortunately it seems like what can they possibly do next? Because <laughs> our American politics feels like it's something on Veep. Um, so I certainly am intrigued with what even deep wouldn't be this dark Kate. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, I am very intrigued to see what happened. Like, what show in its in its uh, fifth season, knowing that it's been renewed, of a show called Veep, where she became the president, has her lose, and the next season she's out of going to be out of office. Like, that takes some balls. <laughs> that takes some ovaries to do that. And uh, I just I thought it was a really strong season i i laughed my butt off every week i was so grateful that i get to review it or got to review it this this past season for the av club um and i just an astonishing achievement and i i just i don't know why he doesn't connect for you why you don't seek it out um no but that's okay different people like different things and that is an okay thing in this world you're not saying that very convincingly right now you said it I'm much more convincingly myself earlier but you're not saying it very convincingly right now <laughs> yeah yeah no uh yeah this is an agree to disagree situation here i guess um but yeah my number five oh man thank you for letting forget i got paid to write about an episode titled gate that 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 happened this year noel that's a beautiful wonderful thing that happened in 2016 Thank you, Veep. Uh, I got Thank to write. So I got paid to write about Arrow this year? Question mark. <laughs> yeah. Unless Arrow's your number four, in which case we're gonna have to have some conversations. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> what is your number four? All right, my number four is something that was, frankly, also way too low in your list, and that was Underground. Um, so let's discuss underground. Um, I actually want to know why it was as low as it was on your list, and we'll get into why it was just so high on my list that it was number four. <laughs> the reason it is so low on my list comparatively mm -hmm. is that um, I thought I had a really strong premiere and then things kind of were kind of in a holding pattern for a while. And then it just kept finding new levels at the end and, and greater and greater power and weight in the last several episodes, the energy of it, the immediacy of it just kept going to this new level by the end of the season that, 
then for me ended up actually making me reflect less positively on the earlier episodes. And maybe if I rewatched it, um, I wouldn't have that perception of it. Um, but I haven't had the chance to do that yet. Sure. I, I have introduced some family members and some friends to, to it who hadn't, who had missed it while it was on. And I, I, I'm so stoked for those Harry Tubman trailers. Oh, I'm so excited. Um, be awesome. Yeah. yeah, I think it, I think it's tremendous, and I'm very glad it's so high on your list. Right. Uh, well, it's I understand where you're coming from with like the slowness of the those past the premiere, and I think a lot of that is just they had to plan the heist slash escape, and you have to you have to do that. You can't skip over that. That doesn't make for a good escape or heist film. Um, so I I totally understand that, and I don't necessarily disagree with it either. But I think I also weighted the other episodes that you're just you mentioned much more heavily in terms of deciding this like just the episode from the children's perspective alone is like we're talking about that one next week <laughs> right we'll get into it but just that alone i was just like i can't not put this in a top 10 but also just the fact that we're getting this kind of revisionist revisionist genre approach to a slave narrative in which the black the black people are the central characters in the show that they're getting to do crazy action stuff on like trains and just all of this stuff. And then we're all, then the show's like, we're not going to shy away from lynching people at political rallies. And all of this is here in a show that's airing again. We've talked about this airing this year. And it's just deeply emotional but still able to balance really solid action beats and character beats. And it, it, by the end, I actually cared about the abolitionist white people. And that took a lot of doing because they were, the, a lot. they were the worst. And I'm not saying the worst in like they're bad woke white people. I'm saying the worst in that they were just poorly written, kind of boring of the show. and not a good yeah. part of the show. And then at the end, they were good parts of the show. And I'm so excited that we're getting a season two Harriet Tubman mother action hero. And I can't wait for that. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, it was just a show that tickled me on emotional and generic levels and, and performance levels that I just, I couldn't, it was just, it was just so great. And I'm, I, that's why it's my number four. Yeah. Yeah. So many, so many terrific performances throughout that cast. It's a large ensemble cast, yes. especially um, before the escape. Yes. When there, there's more time with everybody in the same, you know, sphere so that we don't have to, you know, we don't have to splinter episodes as much. Um, but yeah, I mean, just that episode from the children's perspective, the Sam, Sam, Sam with the flag, just like that's, I think the single most powerful image on television this year was that for me um the, the the fields on fire as kato makes his turn oh kato kato so, oh so, so good what a wonderful wonderful character and like and reed diamond just not backing off at all nope. from his character the villainy and like the just the evil of that character charming the and evil yeah the casual evilness of it is really the thing is like he, he knows and he's just like mm, yeah, yeah yeah whatever steen thinking she can control him and learning like the hubris of that and and learning 
in her horror the just how how untrue that is um not as hot on the chris maloney parts of it but yeah yeah there was some good stuff there too yeah and i mean adina porter is perlene may gonna miss her so much michael c williamson like just like these like one after the next after the the next terrific performances um and yeah they they were not they don't there's there's a certain element of wish fulfillment escapism and and rewriting of history right well that's why it's revisionist but there's also they're not afraid to kill people and they're not afraid to say well you know you're on you're you're you have a group of seven people running away uh, escaping trying to escape slavery most of them are not going to be alive at the end um and and just and we're going to kill children yeah we're going to have this with the cotton, having to ways for yeah. cotton, I'm getting all emotional. Okay, terrific season of television. More people, if you haven't seen it, check it out. We might disagree on its placement on our lists, but we both love this season of Underground. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, what was your number four? Then? My number four is American Crime Story: The People versus O.J. Simpson. This is my number two. So, do you just want to talk about it now? Um, no. Let's let's pass it off because uh, you're okay. not going to agree with my number two. It's not on your list. So let's move to okay. number three. Well, my number three is on your list, so this works out fine. Okay. Um, yeah, this this was a show that uh, you tweeted barely made your cut. Um, it's not Asian Carter. Um, no, it's uh, Queen Sugar. Mm. Um, I alluded that it was going to be very near. Uh, the top of my list and it in fact ended up very near to the top of my list i actually kept swapping it on underground around a little Mm -hmm. bit and basically until last night i just couldn't decide um but for everything that we talked about especially when we got to the finale of the show's sense of lived inness uh the sense of community that feels very evident and how Everyone, all of its characters navigate that community from their particular perspectives, especially Charlie as she comes in as not only an outsider to the community, but as a half member of the family, technically speaking, uh, which is something that the show doesn't play up, but is always feels present, which I think is really significant. And just the way that the show was shot really immaculately, um, visual choices it made, the fact that it hired women directors for all of its season uh is a huge thing industrially speaking for the show um and just just knock out powerhouse performances from a lot of folks that it it had to be at the top of my list i'm not going to like dwell on it too much because we talked about it very a lot (laughs) um as well we should have but it was just a show that hit really hard for me and I'm just I'm really glad that they announced a season two before it even started that the show could feel confident enough to do the type of really ambitious sort of approach stuff that they were planning on that they that they can now execute including Charlie basically looking to start her empire here now that she can own something for herself that isn't built on her husband that this is hers even though it's not hers and all the tensions of that and all of it i just i can't wait to go back to this family next next year when we get season uh when we get the season season two 
No, it was a terrific first season. The, the only reason it's not on my list here on my top 20 is that uh, it it was so strong in those first few episodes. Um, it, it really found, uh, it drew a lot of energy through the coming together of this family over this tragedy. Also, Boo's super adorbs. Um, there's some serious yes. content. There's like a lot of fighting next week over over best TV kids. Like, there's gonna be there's a lot of contenders this year, guys. Anyways, uh, but but then for me, it's it it stagnated a bit, and there were other pieces sure. of, of of that same brilliance. But um, I I just I think there's another gear that we will very likely get yeah. next year, and it will be making several moments. Will be making appearances next week. <laughs> so that was another one where there were like a, a few episodes that really stood out to me. But um, for whatever reason, I was able to leave it off. So it was just it was it mm -hmm. was I at the end here. I'm going to have a few honorable mentions, and that is one of those ones that just missed the cut for me. Um, well, my number three is one that's on your list and uh, a bit lower, but not thankfully not too much lower. That's Craziest Girlfriend. Um, and frankly, this would have been lower on my list a month ago, but, sure. uh, they had a run of really amazing five episodes. Not even season. that, not no. even that. No. no. Um, but the, I, I put the music from the show from my computer onto my phone and I just had gotten, I just hadn't done that. And I started listening to the songs as I was driving around much more frequently. So I was, I was, you know. I was revisiting the old, the older songs, um, and through that, by extension, the older episodes, and finding new appreciation for them, finding greater strength and depth in those songs and what they were saying, and how, and, and reflecting then as I drove around, reflecting on how few, like how rare, this show is, and the topics it is interested in exploring, and the respect it gives all of its characters, and. Um, and, and it's it's interest in and patience for characters like Daryl, who are a joke in any other show, or you know, recently Maya, uh, or, or or the the like schlubby husband of the of the of the the funny but bigger best friend who loves to do barbershop. Again, I come back to humanity. I come back to um, really caring about every single one of its characters and making them all developed. Valencia this season is a prime example of that. But also, this is a show that examines, again, mental health and self-loathing in a way that I can't think of many, certainly this year in TV, that come close. I mean, I, Lady Dynamite is one, certainly. But a song like You Ruined Everything, or I think, actually, I think it's called You Stupid Bitch, is yes, it it's is. so... Yeah. It's a great song. It's a funny song. It's well performed. It's it falls into a lovely tradition of, of of that kind of style of song, but it also tells you so much about this character so efficiently, and it shows you the the power and this like the the intensity of this feeling of self loathing that she has this true hatred for herself. I can't think of another show that's done that recently outside of something like Mad Men and Breaking Bad. Um, and you don't have to deal with all the bullshit <laughs> with, with Rebecca that you do with uh, John Hamm and Walter White. Um, and I like how you didn't call him Don Yeah, Draper. no, John Hamm. Don, Don, <laughs> sorry, yes, Don Draper. 
but, no, John Hamm has filled with self-loathing. <laughs> Sorry, thank you. Um, but but like you don't have to like be. They're so sensitive. And they're they're really misunderstood creative geniuses. The show has no patience for that with with Rebecca, um, and there's no great man syndrome with it either. So I, I really appreciate this as a response to and reflection of that that like self-destructive central character. Um, and, and, and I think it doesn't get enough respect for that element of it. Um, but then again, I've been really living with it in the, over the past month and belting out these songs. So like the hits mystery show is insane on this show. It's insane. Um, and this is also the show that this year gave us getting by. It gave us, um, it gave us tap that ass and it was a shit show. It gave us so many terrific, incredibly catchy, and hummable songs uh, that will be stuck in hopefully our listeners' heads, but certainly my head for the for the next foreseeable future. So that is why it is my number three. Uh, it was I want to say six for you. Yeah, it was number six for me. Um, and like I said, like I could have like shuffled things and I would have been fine. So putting it at number three would have been okay mm-hmm. for me. Um, just everything you just said, like I just I mean we could just I mean we could just talk about you stupid bitch over and over again because a like you said it fits into that it fits into that type of song like the song choice couldn't be the genre of song choice for that song could not literally be anything else nothing else would have worked because that that kind of streisand type of song you need that kind of just pure solo, low accompaniment. Self-indulgent self-loathing, as they describe. Right. It's exactly right. And without that, the song doesn't work. And, but it sums up everything that the show just does really well from a character emotional standpoint. Um, That they are able to pair that kind of stuff with the song choice to find a character emotional truth and that's really that's really important i mean you're seeing that in something again like tap that ass <laughs> does it as well and in but in a totally different way and the the way that the show is able to balance all of that and still tell really good stories and still interrogate its title um by making it a lot more nuanced than that and finding ways to do that in ways that Acknowledge the fact that Rebecca is very messed up and that she keeps occasionally going to her therapist, but then taking all the wrong lessons from her therapist. Kayak. <laughs> yes, exactly. Kayak. Um, it's all very good. It's all very funny. And like you said, it treats all of its, even its side characters with a great deal of respect, except for Hector, who's very much a joke character, but I think that's okay. Well, I, I think and, he's, I mean, I feel like he's been getting more. Uh, yes. And I think that that'll continue. Like the more we see of him, I think they'll start giving him more. Just like similar. I would, I would expect he's on a slower, but similar trajectory to white Josh. Right. And white Josh is just like the show's best character. Like <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't love white Josh right now? Um, you're super, you're judgmental. I'm okay with yeah. that. You're, ju- <laughs> you're judging. Yeah. Well, I mean, it- you're Jim Reinhold, not a real judge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I, as um, I mean, the, the bi-visibility yeah, with that, with those two characters, I think is, is huge. Also let's mention with queen sugar as well. Um, yes. yeah. And, but, um, 
this season, they knowing okay, well, we got to write out Santino, uh, Fantina, right? Santino Fantina, in in four episodes. Why? How can we possibly do that? That in a way that makes sense and is respectful of the character. Alcohol is in the storyline. It makes com- and it makes, makes sense. Perfect sense. It's so <laughs> because... respectful of of that topic and that issue, an important one, and it treats it very well. Um, yeah. And it... Never give the new guy the donuts. <laughs> Only one dinosaur. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah it... What are we supposed to do with this? <laughs> so, so I mean, this is also a show that's like to have characters to stand around and talk about Roxanne Gay. We can never take that for yeah. granted. <laughs> I love that that is a thing in our TV watching this year. Right. And to go back to like Hall from Catch Fire, it's just, this is another show that's going to be like, we're going to, we're going to do stuff to this female friendship that's going to break your heart. And we're going to find ways to do it in meaningful ways that mean something both to them, but also to the audience and to make sure that both perspectives well, I don't want to say both both perspectives because I feel like Paula's approach to Rebecca has a lot more mm-hmm. weight. <laughs> um, but that you can understand where both people are coming from and why they both need one another, but also why they can't be around one another with where they are right now. Um, given that Rebecca basically just needs someone to discuss Josh with 24-7, and that's what Valencia is there for. And Valencia, like you said, has just become incredible. I loved her in season one, but she they've just found new gears for the character this season. Yeah, I just, I can't say enough good things about this show at all. And just, again, they just pair everything really well. Like, their Sleeping Beauty number this season with mm-hmm. Paula? Just, they're, I mean, it's, it's Disney, but it's very explicitly Sleeping Beauty, and I love that, because it's Paula mm-hmm. waking up. And... Yeah, it's just, it's all really thoughtful. It's all really good. And I, I'm glad that they were just very told, you're just going to have these amount of episodes. We're not going to spring another set of episodes on you so that you don't have time to prepare <laughs> anything. <laughs> Which is what happened towards the end of this, uh, end of season one. It's just like, oh, we have to write more and songs ladies. and we don't have the... <laughs> And and we're gonna, but we're also gonna do a Music Man number, which is really, really good. Yeah, <laughs> I really like that Music Man number. But yes, we're gonna do Les Mis, and it's not gonna totally work. But that's yeah. okay. So yeah, it's just it's Crazy Ex Girlfriend. It's so good. It's so good. And I mean, we're gonna just get the end of season two all at once, pretty much, because CW schedule is just packed with shit. <laughs> of shows coming and also Riverdale is a thing. Um, I'm going to watch those this weekend, Kate. We'll let you know how that goes. Expect some Yay. texts. <laughs> Yay for that. <laughs> well, um, I think we should take another quick little break here before we come back with our, our top yeah. two. So uh, one of which is not, you don't like the show. Uh, and the other, two, <laughs> the other ones, yeah. we're going to go back yeah. and basically talk but about whatever. the show to, to show's guests, <laughs> but I think we're going to need a whole segment to do it. So let's take a break, listen to a little bit of music yeah. and we'll be right back. When I see the way you look shaken by how long it took, I could do about anything. I could even learn how to love like you. Love like you. Love me like you. 
Life and death and love and birth and peace in war on the planet Earth. Is there anything that's worth more than peace and love on the planet Earth? Whoa, come on and sing it with me. Sing? The words relate to the key. Key? If it's a pattern, if it's a pattern, then just repeat after me. Life and death and love and birth. Life and death and love and birth. Now you sing me, fa me, me, fa me, ti, la. And peace and war on, on the, the planet, planet Earth. Earth. Yes, yes, that's it. That's so easy. Yeah, but that's what's fun about it. You should write something. You should write a song. About what? Whatever you're thinking. Oh, I feel like I messed up. This magical destiny really kicked me in the butt. We've had some good times. It's a pretty bad luck. But we're still in this together and we're still not giving up. We're still not giving up. for our top two i'm gonna go first because you don't have my show yes my number two is the americans it's not for you boo no 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 yeah it's, it's fine i don't have any problems with this being on your list yeah. at all but, uh, <laughs> I've, that, that sounded sarcastic <laughs> it wasn't intended to sound sarcastic i legitimately do not have problems with this being okay, on your okay. list <laughs> um so the the reason this is my number two is i was considering i'm trying to remember what I was like, okay, oh, the Americans, I remember it had a really good season. The Americans always has a really good season as far as I'm concerned because I think it's a terrific show. Yes. Um, and then I was looking back, wait, what exactly was this season again? Because they, they tend to blend together for me. It's like, oh, oh, shit, this was the Martha season. Martha, oh, man, everything with Martha, ha like, having to leave, basically. Um, that was just some of the year's best tv so incredibly compelling incredibly powerful then we had dylan baker's character introduced he was terrific we got all the stuff with Paige having to be having to work her pastor and there it was just incredible incredible storytelling and like you keep i keep wondering how is this this feels like this they're pushing to a point where this has to then be like the penultimate season because everything's coming to a head and it's going to have to fall. It's going to have to break and fall apart. And then it doesn't. And then you're like, they got renewed for two more seasons. How? How could there be two more seasons after how intense and th this season is? This Like everything that went down with Martha, everything that went down with um, Paige having to act as a double agent. And, I mean, of course, let's not forget Nina, Sergeyevna, uh, who got killed, shot in the back of the head um, uh, in one of the more... Uh, stark and compelling deaths this year no game of thrones is not on our lists there were a lot of well i don't watch yeah, it there are a lot so. of big you know stunning deaths on game of thrones the walking dead's the walking not dead's on our list either our list. so but like, so, so we don't we aren't immediately necessarily drawn to shows that kill their characters in meaningful ways uh or, or in in shocking ways but when a show that is so invested in character in in theme and in atmosphere and mood then does that as well as happened in obviously in underground this year we talked about but also in the americans with 
with Nina, um, that, that's going to have all the more weight and power. It really shows you, for me, it, it highlights how shallow a lot of other shows um, that are driven by shock tactics, uh, they're, they're, those deaths can be when you see just how impactful and, and powerful a moment like, like uh, Nina's death on The Americans was. Um, for me, though, if, when I think of this season, I'm going to think about, of course, this, the amazing special performances um, of, uh, of uh, Matthew Reese and Carrie Russell, of course, I'm going to think about Paige, but it's it's all for me about about uh, um, Martha, and we might never see her again. Very possible, we will never see that character again. It would probably be the most right thing, um, but I will be following Allison Wright in everything she does from here on out because she is astonishing. Right. In this role, and this is again similar to talking about Daryl or some of the other characters in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, this, this is right. She's this a Joe. Joe character. And this is the they yeah. they seduce, married my secretary. Like that's actually a entertaining line. <laughs> this is, yeah, right. Um, yeah, yeah. She's she's a punchline on any other show. On this show, she's just she. She's funny. She's independent. She's strong. She is making these choices. She finds herself in this impossible situation, and makes the only choices that she thinks that she can. And the show never ever forgets that. It never underestimates her, and it shows the strength of, of 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 that character, but also of the, the relationship with her and with Philip and uh, or Clark, and just how much just how real that relationship is to him as much as he loves his fake but also real wife he has this incredibly powerful connection with martha as well and if he had to choose he would not be married to martha he would be married to elizabeth she still comes first for him but they never they never question that um and it's just it's been a really terrific season for the americans just like I, this should be a show that's too dour for me. It should be too depressing. It should be too intense. But they they always they they never forget that these are still need to be people. That 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 Philip and Elizabeth yeah. need to be people. And I will be waiting with bated breath for the new season to come back. You have screeners that I do not have. I'm super jealous. Um, but you know, and I know that I'm not going to tell you, you need to watch this show, Noel, cause it's not for you and that's okay. It doesn't need to be for everyone. I'm, do you believe me more with it when I say it this time? Yes. Okay. I do believe you more when you say it this time. Good. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but yeah, it just, it, it, I, I find it hard to fathom how, how people can watch the show and, and not connect to it the way that I do. Um, not quite as much as our next show that I'm going to talk about, but um, but but it just is such a again the theme for my list, stunningly human show, um, and I think it had a terrific terrific season. So that's why it's my number two. Um, what is your number two? My number two was uh, American Crime Story: People versus O.J. Simpson. Um, and you want to talk about a show that was about this year. Let's talk about a show that was about this year mm -hmm. um, in any number of ways. Um, just, I mean, let's just start drawing facile parallels to Marsha Clark and Hillary Clinton and just see where we go. Um, but also, 
they're not so facile is the thing is like this is a show that's ostensibly a period piece that goes oh no this is where all of this started you're here because of this event and i mean that's a really reductionist perspective but it's also the argument that the show is making is that a lot of our societal mores or societal norms our expectations of celebrity our expectations of the legal system our expectations of gender and race and all of this stuff was tied up in this one event and we haven't changed at all in a lot of ways and the show weaves in and out of the trial of the century to look at all of these sort of things through a feminist lens, through a racial, a critical race, well, not a critical race lens, but a racial lens, and interrogate what all of these things mean through this trial. And that alone would have been just an impressive enough feat, quite frankly, that they found a way to make a trial that we all thought we knew on some level as a way to discuss the country in both the early to mid-90s and right now. Even if some people didn't particularly like that one scene with the Kardashian kids and celebrities and me going, guys, it was exactly as long as it needed to be, and it was it made its point, and then they never came back. Mm -hmm. So just be quiet. Yeah. Um, people threw but, way too much of a fit over that, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah. they did. And it was a, it was a really good scene. And it gets to the other part of why this show was great. And the main reason is, is that this is just the best fucking acted show I watched this year. Um, <laughs> I think even down Travolta's really weird sort of Shapiro, mm -hmm. which I enjoyed on a campy level. Kate's just like, you're crazy. It's terrific. <laughs> I thought, I, I think, yeah, no, I, I, people who don't like that performance, I, again, I just don't get it. I think he's yeah. terrific. I think that's exactly the performance yeah. that you need for that character. Yeah. Right. And I mean, it's already something that kind of invaded pop culture. I don't know, like, you're not watching New Girl anymore, um, I think, right? No. No. So I caught the beginning of New Girl on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, most recent, their final episode, their Christmas episode, uh, because my I set my DVR to record extra long so I don't miss tags because I was missing tags. Mm -hmm. And um, so I ended up catching the little bit of New Girl. So I just let it run because it started at a Halloween at the end of their Halloween before they flash forward Christmas. And they did a group costume as the people versus OJ Simpson <laughs> as their group costume. And the Max Greenfield's character was went as Shapiro, but he went as Travolta Shapiro, and he suddenly just does this little weird pinky thing that Travolta was doing throughout the entire show, and he did it perfectly. And that's the thing about People versus O.J. Simpson is just, like, it's immaculately acted. Like, putting aside Travolta, you've got Sterling K. Sterling K. Brown just killing it as Darden, just like, hi, America, I've existed as a character actor for decades, but now you get to see me kick ass and take names. Put me in <laughs> all of the things. And then they put him in This Is Us, and he's the best thing in This Is Us. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Sarah Paulson as Marsha Clark, as this strongly brittle, incredible person, and just someone just dealing with bad hair and dealing with 
shitty ex-husbands shitty ex-husbands and people who think that they know better than she does and her going no we do not need to put a glove on this guy it's a horrible idea do not do it we do not need theatricality and just all of that and the gender of all of that tied up into it and then David Schwimmer. Mm -hmm. Can we just talk about David Schwimmer and him just the sheer, his ability to play decaying loyalty and decaying certitude in the juice Mm -hmm. and just watching all of that just collapse and watch Schimmer just make all of that really believable. I mean, let's talk about the joke character, quite frankly, of of Kardashian a, just from how we think of that name now, but B, as the guy who's just kind of there because he's the friend, but all of a sudden the sh- it becomes this, it adds to the tragedy of everything. Of He becomes the surrogate for folks who idolize Simpson and then just went, oh, but it seems like he actually did this. I don't know what to do with that. And just all of that coming into play. It's just, it's so good, Kate. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's to say nothing of Courtney B. Vance's really amazing Cochran. And yeah. I'm going to let you talk a little bit about the show because I've been rambling for like five minutes. But it was my number two show. And it was, it, oh, no other, no other scripted show apart from our number one show yeah. uh, has stuck with me as much as this show did this season. To, to jump off of what you're saying... The performances were terrific across the board. Even just like people who show up for a scene here and a scene there. Amazing. Malcolm Jamal Warner, just great. Great. (laughs) But it also was structured so incredibly well. The writing and the and the the way that they plotted and paced out the season to give each each element that they wanted to focus on a full episode. So yes. you get the Bronco episode, you get the the setup episode, you get the Bronco episode, you get the you get the Marsha episode, you you get the Cochran episode, you get the the glove episode. Like the, they really like every like when are we gonna get this? When are we gonna get? And they delivered by the end of the season. It was such a smart way to focus and to not try to. There's so much. There's so much with this story, with this historical and cultural event. That to try to thread all of that through every every week would have just been a f- utter failure. They needed a tight lens on these different issues, so that then when then we could see those themes and the background through everything else. So we needed an episode a focus in on Marsha for Marsha, 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 and then we could see the threads of sexism and misogyny through the rest of the episode. We could then see that her responding to that blinding her her response to that blinding her to her own very big gaps of knowledge and awareness and the her her frustration in dealing with these disrespectful and uh bigoted people blinding to her own herself to her own bigotry and her own assumptions that everyone else was experiencing what she was experiencing and and coming from her same background um the direction I thought was terrific. There were a lot of really, uh, really interesting and fun shots. Um, and the the music was, I thought, terrific. So many really great. I, I, as I recall, on the televerse, we were using 
roughly a song a week from from people versus oj simpson but all of these different elements came together to make incredibly entertaining television like just watch it all in a day if you can like entertaining television but also to spark like a cultural conversation around this that i think was also really terrific like again this i've talked about experience experiential viewing really enhanced the way that i was watching this show to be able to to just like assume that other people were all watching the same thing and to 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 then spark that let that elements of the show then lead to conversations about what was going on this year um i think that wouldn't be a bad thing to have happen again <laughs> um hopefully uh the 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 future seasons can have a similar impact but um it was incredibly relevant incredibly satisfying television um and again comedy drama hell yes punch the air moments crushing defeats it had everything and um i don't think any of us were expecting that going into this year well no i think that's like kind of the closing point with this is that when this was announced we all went but why? And we also went, but Ryan Murphy? Yeah. And then, but the, then it was just like, oh, but Ryan's just the brand. Don't worry. Don't worry. He <laughs> he's going to direct. <laughs> he didn't write this and he's going to direct some episodes. And I'm the first one to admit that Murphy's a much better director than he is a writer. And that being said, he's also a much better ideas man than he is a writer. He has really good ideas for programs and for episodes and that kind of a stuff he's just not maybe the best at executing them in a way that appeals to me, particularly as a viewer. That's just, that's, that's a separate issue. But here he's in an element of, he directs very well, I think. And he always has. And that comes through because he directs three or four of the episodes um, across the season and they all look very good. All the episodes, as you said, look very, very good. There's a weird kind of mock, not a mock, not a mock documentary style, but this kind of a hard news program style of the way that they're moving the camera in certain ways. They take advantage of the fact that this was a televised trial and they borrow those aesthetics from people who watched this on television while it was happening and mimic those in a high gloss prestige television sort of gloss. And I think that that's a really significant thing that they did aesthetically speaking. But it just we all kind of went, but this and Ryan Murphy, it's going to be this weird kind of opera thing and it's not going to be good. And then we all went, oh, we were so wrong. We haven't been this wrong since Ryan Fuller did Hannibal. <laughs> and I'm glad to be wrong again because this, again, no other, sh no other show apart from our number one show has stuck with me as much as this show did. Yeah. And I think that's a great way to segue to our number one of the year which will surprise no one it's steven universe no well it will surprise everyone who apparently didn't watch the show on the hit on the uprocks critic list where it was number 103 which means as you like to say put it in 10th place yeah to get seven points no no it got one to point which, oh got one point got one okay point. to to which we all to which i went when i sent this to kate is sob and also well we were right no one else is watching this show i gotta say the thing and i tweeted this out as well the thing that has been most confusing to me is few places places uh the few places where it has shown up on lists, like at the av club and a couple other places 
on on people's individualist it's showing up in like 12 15 17 and that i don't like if you didn't watch it i get it sure but if you did watch it and you're putting it in your like low like under 10 between 10 and 20 that i really don't get i tweeted this out we heard back from former co-host friend of the show simon howell who also said like mm, i think i saw everything this year and it just seemed like it was a down tick which i don't simon please write in don't agree i don't yeah. agree with that at all and i think it's very strange um for me i think it's important to remember that what aired this year it was so much was the end of season two the entirety of season right. three and the beginning of season four so everything yes. from the answer and the St steven's birthday arc that we had of, of five yes. episodes and then we had the paradox her joining the gems and then we had the summer of steven and then we had this most recent yes. handful of episodes as well um this show is unendingly beautiful and i say that in its meaning it's animation meaning it's music meaning it's it's themes and it's humanity meaning it's voice perform the voice performers um but also just in what it aspires to and what it sees in the world this is a show that sees beauty everywhere and wants you to see that too and doesn't turn a blind eye to hardship and to struggle and to conflict and to hate but still sees beauty and i think it's i think it's the best show on tv right now i think it's the best show of the year yeah well no obviously i agree with you um because it's also my number one which hang on Okay. I've had motorcycles, but I've also had just a ton of emergency vehicles, like, for the past two days. Um, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, <laughs> um, no, I totally agree. And this idea that the show doesn't avoid hardship is, I think, one of the reasons why I feel like this season has been so significant. You get something like Bubbled, or you get something like Bismuth, and you get basically the show dealing with war but you also get the fact that steven doesn't know how to deal with certain things yet because he's just a little kid he's well he's not a little kid but he's just a kid still and he doesn't know how to necessarily express those emotions in positive ways and he doesn't necessarily know what those emotions mean for him as a gym human hybrid and the fact that the show allows the room to interrogate all of that i think is really important and really telling and that the show then like goes well everyone's having these kind of confusing issues so let's do just a thought <laughs> <laughs> and just be like this is how we deal with this stuff and how you need to think about how you deal with that stuff and i think that's really it's really good for a kid's show to do because, and I've said this before, and like science fiction fantasy as a genre has the ability to extrapolate and should extrapolate things from current society and talk about them and how we, how we relate to them. But kid shows 
because of like their traditions that they come out of fairy tales and that sort of thing by their very nature lend themselves to being allegorical. And so when you have kid shows that can do this, ostensibly kid shows that do this kind of thing and do it sometimes with a defter hand than adult shows do, and I'm making air quotes that I'm going to and see right now, um, I think speaks to the care and tenderness that Rebecca Sugar and her team put into the show. And at the same time, when we talk about like joke characters and we talk about things like, we talk about Pearl's kind of high-end, high-stress type of character, highly wound character, but also a character who is, as we saw in Mr. Greg, still dealing with a lot of stuff still. But then we get last one out of Beach City, and of her like doing a Ferris Bueller teen movie type of thing with the pink-haired girl. And just the... <laughs> The self-awareness of that episode, but also the fact that it gives Pearl a degree of confidence that was just so great. And I just, I love this show, Kate. And you love this show. I'm, we were talking about being thankful for things and the anniversary of me being on for a year. And I'm thankful and just pleased as punch that we both love this show so much. And that if I were on a podcast with any other person who didn't watch the show or didn't love the show as much as I did, I would probably be pulling my hair out <laughs> anytime there was a Steven bomb. But I don't have to do that because we both love this show. I think um, you know, it's been really heartening to me to look around and see on these different end of year lists, a show that I think has been overlooked in a lot of previous years be very well ranked this year and that's rectify everything yeah. that critics love about rectify is also true of steven universe but there are aliens <laughs> and there are fight scenes and it's amazing but this idea and there are really good fight scenes too is the thing yeah. but this idea of a group of people who are broken who have this traumatic event at their at at the heart of their Core. experience but then who are still have to keep moving forward and doing going to going but to work going, doing the next thing every day have to keep trying to heal themselves and move on to the next thing that is also Steven universe that is Steven right. trying to understand and deal with your mother was a murderer but for a good reason but we've told you all your entire life that murder is wrong but your mom did it but she had to do it like not to mention, of course, everything with Pearl, everything with Greg about around her death and, and her where she's, you know, her being gone. I don't even, death doesn't seem like the right word, but gone. Um, and then, then you throw Peridot in there, you throw, and, and her disenchantment with and loss of everything she knows for herself, uh, her entire existence um, as being part of the, you know, the Yellow Diamonds team or whatever um then you throw in lapis struggling to deal with getting away from abusive relationships uh with the, the her her fusion with um with with jasper you know coming to the forefront this season but also uh just 
not being not being able to go home through no fault of her own being considered a crystal gem when she wasn't one and being banished uh then you look at what amethyst has been dealing with this season she's had a lot of intense stuff going on that i think people kind of forget about um and like this is everything that people love about rectify is also in steven universe and i wish more people would give this show a chance and i really wish that people (laughs) would not see an animated show and not see a 15 minute show and not see a show centered around a a child and go, Oh yeah, I guess that's a good show. Considering this is the show that has made me feel the most of anything on TV this, this year. This is the show that the music from which has been frankly, very therapeutic in the past, in the past year, this is the past several months. I should say this is the show. I mean, like, the 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 um the short the animated short of Steven's song that he teaches um it's mm-hmm. basically about how it's been really tough recently um he feels like i feel like i messed up um this magical something really kicked me in the butt um it, it, it skip forward um but i'm still not giving up i'm still not giving up which how many of us don't feel that way after the election and you're going to tell me that this is just some kid show that's it's great that kids are seeing this adults need to see this too we don't stop learning when we go through puberty um i don't know i just think it's the the messages of it the storytelling is so powerful the themes of acceptance inclusion and like an embrace of confusion and hurt like that's normal that's okay mindful education is all about that this idea of like it's not okay right now but you hopefully at some point it will be and for right now let's just be that's powerful, powerful stuff. Um, and that's just the stuff with the Steven and the gems. There's been plenty of other episodes right. as well. Right. Well, I mean, we talk about like um, dealing with hurt or dealing with emotions um, is like a big thing that runs through this chunk of episodes that aired this year. And I was thinking about it while I was looking over the list as well while you were talking and going like, well, we get something like Kiki's Pizza Delivery Service, which is a terrific episode, I think. Um, in part because they they zig and zag from the name from the name homage, mm-hmm. um, and I love Kiki's Delivery Service. It's a fabulous little movie, um, and I don't mean little in a diminutive way. I just mean it's it's like three episodes of vignettes in one movie, and it's fantastic. But whereas I mean, Kiki's not expressing herself. She's not vocalizing where she is, and it's resulting in pizza dreams in which she's being eaten and again this is something that you could only get away with on a kid show because no live action show has a budget to do pizza nightmares (laughs) um but it's it 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 showcases not only how we need to talk about emotions and why sometimes speaking up for oneself and keeping emotions inside isn't necessarily a good thing but it also says well we can't help everyone all of the time for steven because like he starts getting really tired because he uses astral projection to help her and that stream of helping people runs through that little that little mini arc of episodes that happened and culminated with alone at sea and um well i mean you also have the new lars and you have again that same message of you you don't you can't just fix people 
You can't yes. just change something about them and think that, first of all, that's not okay. Like, the, the themes yeah. of consent throughout this, with our president-elect being who he is, the themes of consent that run through so much of this year are just as relevant as they have ever been. Yes, absolutely. And it's consent on various levels. Like, I mean, there's also just, like, consents about, like, fusion. Mm -hmm. And we talked about, I mean, you mentioned that with Jasper and um, Lapis and just this, like, what that means to fuse and how deeply personal that is for Gems. Well, like, Beach City and... Drift with, with Stephen yeah. and Connie, Stevani, uh, just be like, he didn't even ask and like when they were talking about how much how just the visceral anger they have towards kevin um and just how like they they can't even necessarily put it quite into words but it's that's that's what that's about and this it's just i it's it's not just some little thing that's good for kids to to see it's not just some little some little animated thing. And now we can have a star spark a conversation about what consent means. No, it's about seeing this reflected in everything we consume in every form of media we consume of having this be, this should be our norms in society of what we feel is important and what we just take from a baseline starting value. Well, of course we can all agree that fill in the blank, but it's not. This Steven Universe is the is the is the storytelling I want to see in our world. Yes. Yeah. Any other episodes? We haven't even talked about Mr. Greg, really. They did a musical and it was delightful. But I mean, I figured we were gonna talk about Mr. Greg next week. Yeah, we're gonna like, do some of that too. All for like an hour, I figured we were just gonna talk about Mr. Greg. Um <clears throat> But <clears throat> I think we can also just kind of preview Mr. Greg and like I mean the thing I keep coming back to with Mr. Greg, and we've talked about this, and, like, the gems dealing with everything and still going to work is, like, Pearl's line about having to look after Steven. Mm -hmm. And I remember, like, when the episode aired, and I mentioned the fact that I had never even considered the fact that that would be a hang-up for Pearl in any way, shape, or form. But all of that bound up in what Stephen is and her rela and Pearl's relationship with Rose and just how complicated that is. And the that one little line of, well, now I have to look after her son. And just everything that's encapsulated in that, in that I love this woman so much, using woman as a form because they don't have genders, but they all coded female, um, is that... I'm going to look after her son, even though she chose someone else other than me. Even though she and chose that's to cease to exist so that she could have a right. son with this other person. Yes. All of that. And it's just like, it's something that never really crossed my mind until that song happened. And I just went, oh, oh, wow. I knew there was a reason Pearl was my favorite, but... <laughs> Yeah, that kind of a thing of like, I mean, I, I relate heavily to like things of like self-sacrifice um, and that kind of thing. Like me moving out to the other side of the state was like one of the most selfish other side of the country is like one of the most selfish things I've ever done, quite frankly, um, in a very in that I'm doing something for myself. Um, but like Mr. Greg aired shortly after I got here. 
and like just dealing with that kind of a stuff with this move, but also dealing with Pearl having to be unselfish, but also everything that's meant to her as someone who's basically immortal is just, it really resonated with me. But then I know you didn't really like this episode, but then we got Kindergarten Kid and we just got a really long Roadrunner homage and that made me very happy. <laughs> or Hit the Diamond is a prime example of that yes. too. We can just be silly. I'm a totally normal purple human. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. It's cool. I ate all this grease and then started a grease fire. <laughs> yeah. But no, like, no, um, Hit the Diamond's a really good example of A, every your like favorite thing in the world, which is TV shows doing baseball episodes. It's <laughs> <laughs> always good. They're, they're always good. <laughs> but it's also just a really fun episode because Steven has to explain baseball. Mm-hmm. And baseball's kind of and explaining any sport is kind of weird. And I'll say this because also in reference to any baseball episode being good, is like I started watching Deep Space Nine because I haven't watched any of Deep Space Nine, and I j- I've just watched the premiere. But it includes that little scene in which he attempts to explain baseball to an immortal, ephemeral entity that made a wormhole. And he's just like, well, the rules aren't important. Here's what is important. <laughs> and that's what's important is in that episode is that this weird kind of coming together, but also making fun of the rubies. Yeah, which is just fun sometimes. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. Um Steven Universe is a show fueled and driven and entirely focused on empathy. Yes. For for the characters, for the audience, for the people who might be watching who have never seen themselves on TV, who don't fit in anywhere, who feel like an alien in their life. And says that, I mean, this is ties in with Bubbled, and we're going to talk about it next week, but... He, uh, but um, the um, love like you this idea of you need to love other people but you also need to love yourself and then sometimes that's the hardest thing you can do um and again the the world needs more of that always always it needs more of that but when you get that empathy and that love and that compassion with badass fight scenes and with aliens and with spaceships and with fusion and with Stevani and with the giant pink tiger, lion, sorry, lion, lion. who can oh, travel interdimensionally uh, and then oh, we'll park and then we'll then walk away when you say <laughs> lion stay. Uh, I just don't, I just like, it's, it's a wonderful unicorn of a show that we're so lucky to have. And it's, it's as focused now as it's ever been, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so there's no question for me that was my my number one this year. And we get new episodes at the end of January. And we get new episodes this year. Yay! <laughs> Finally! <sighs> Any final thoughts yeah. on Steven or on the year? Um, no, no. I've I've been really happy with our discussion. And like I said, um, I've been really happy and honored to be on the show with you this year. Um, and so thank you for asking me on and thank you for letting me do another top 20 list with you and thank you for sticking with me <laughs> for another hey we're not at three hours this this year that's a go no. team right no I, I mean maybe we should talk about steven universe for another 30 minutes no i need to edit this thing um, <laughs> do you have any shows that just missed your cut that you wanted to mention um 
why don't you go first and I'll pull up my spreadsheet? <laughs> Serious contention for me. Um, ones that you already mentioned, Queen Sugar and American Crime, uh, but also Superstore. All but three of yeah. Superstore's episodes aired this calendar year. So basically the entire run of that show, which wow. has been terrific. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Catastrophe season two was this year and it was fantastic. Um, and I highly, highly recommend people seek that out. Agent Carter had its much improved second season this year. We also had new shows. Uh, these weren't this as anywhere near as strong in contention, but uh, had so much fun with Luke Cage this year. Had so much fun with Insecure uh, and Better Things. Uh, we already mentioned Atlanta, but so so many of these. Um, these very distinct smaller shows like smaller budget wise um but certainly not small on on perspective last week tonight had a killer year fresh off the boat had a killer year um and those were the ones along with everything else that was on my my i loved it i think we've we've pretty much mentioned but um yeah it, it like i said a few weeks back i was very confused and people were like mm. I'm going to have a hard time coming up with 10. I was very, very confused because there was a lot of terrific TV this year. Right. So, like, a lot of stuff that missed for me were a lot of, like, very, like, small boutique comedy type stuff. So I mentioned, like, One Mississippi yep. uh, at the top is something that was, like, on my list until the last minute. And I almost, like, just kind of cheated and merged it with Rectify because I think the shows are kind of of, of a pair with one another in a lot of ways um mainly as like southern kind of gothic shows um but just with very different approaches um uh roots was really close to getting on here um the new one uh um fleabag was fleabag, very very yeah. close to getting on here as i really really responded to fleabag another one i really wanted to get to but didn't was chewing gum which if i had gotten to might have been in contention yes what people say Yes. Um, yeah, I should have made time for that, and I just did not. Um, one thing that was definitely not going to make the list, but a show that made me very, very happy, like, week in and week out, was, and I'm very sad that we don't have it anymore, is The Grinder. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. We might be making yes. it next week with some of our guest performances, but uh, to be continued next week. <laughs> right. Um, so, like, The Grinder was something that um, was not going to make my list this year. But um, it was, like, consistently just, like, something that made me laugh and was something that was a little too inside baseball sometimes. But it, it was just really great. And then... Of a similar vein, uh, Drunk History. Yes. Every week, yeah. Drunk History. <laughs> but also stuff like... Um, it was just a lot of comedies I left off. So, like, Grace and Frankie is a show that I love that I feel like not a lot of other people watch it. But I think it's just fantastic mm -hmm. um, and really very funny and a really deft ex exploration of friendship and romance at a equally awkward age of being a senior citizen and what that means. And one thing that you and I also just really love, but wasn't on either of our lists. And that's the Carmichael show mm -hmm. um, had another really strong season, but I just went, well, Blackish did a lot of this a little bit better and I hate making equivalencies, but I just went, well, I can do Blackish or Carmichael show to kind of fill this spot, but I also feel like Blackish did a lot of this better. And I also feel like a number of other shows kind of did Carmichael's thing a little bit better as well. So I just went honorable mention, definitely like top of the list honorable mention would be Carmichael show for yeah. me. So basically listeners, 
all the, there's a lot of TV. There's so much TV. Peak yes. TV, hashtag peak TV. So much of it was, uh, well, there's a lot of really bad TV too. We're not talking about that. There's a lot of really great TV. If we missed your favorite shows, let us know. Uh, you can. Sorry, detectorists. <laughs> I did watch the first episode of that, but I didn't get. Oh, did yeah. you? How was it? Um, didn't grab me yet, Carl. Um, but I will watch oh, more. Oh no, will... Carl will come over and beat you. <laughs> I will. I will watch more of it. Um, but you can reach out to us, of course, at the website, um, the theteleverse.org. You can email us theteleverse at gmail.com. You can find us in iTunes with an M4A chapter feed and MP3 unchaptered feed. You can find us up on Stitcher, rate and review us there as well. People rating and reviewing us does help other people find the show. It makes us look better because like, like people have actually given us a, a shot and listened to us and given their thoughts, whatever those are. We uh, we have, unfortunately, listeners, we have way too much control over our self esteem with these things. <laughs> People have a lot of control over my self-esteem, so it's okay. Okay. Um, you can also, of course, find us on Facebook, like a page, start the conversation there. And we're both on Twitter. I'm at the Televerse, and Noel, you are? At Noel RK. If you have a moment, an episode, uh, a performance, a shot, anything that you think is the best of the year, definitely worth talking about, send us an email, send us a voicemail. You can you know, attach that to your, your email uh, to the Televerse uh, at gmail.com. Uh, let us know, because next week is the Smorgasbordy, and of course that is best fight scene, everything best else, shipping, and best line delivery, uh, best guest performance, best uh, voice acting. It's just like everything else that we feel like it's everything. talking about. And I, I, I will be really happy if you guys send things in for me to steal. <laughs> I promise to give credit as I'm taking your choice, but... I just want to play Final Fantasy 15, and Kate's making me do homework. A little bit. There's so much, though. Like, as I was making my list of all the shows, I was like, oh, man, there's so many things to mention. None of these are going to be in my top 20, but I want to mention all of you in this book. I will find a way. So we'll see how that goes next week. Um, but for now, that will wrap up our best uh, top 20, I should say, of 2016. Thank you again, Noel. And thank you, Kate. I, I, I had a lot of fun doing this. And, and thank you, listeners. We'll be back next week with another episode of The Televerse. Mm-hmm.